my countrymen and my friends. I had hoped against hope that some miracle would prevent a devastating war and bring to an end the invasion. This most serious threat World Wrestling Federation has ever known. The long-term future of sports entertainment could change forever. A succession of actual wars have shaken the entire world and have threatened to bring on the gigantic conflict which is today, unhappily, a fact. to July's Wrestling 20 Years Ago, and this month is I, Lacey, hosting, and I've brought on some of my boys for this one. First up, the man from Extreme Championship Wrestling, Mr. Yully, how the devil are we? I'm very well. I fully expect that we'll break the swear record for the WWF portion of Wrestling 20 Years Ago. Oh, yes, yes we will, because I've gone old school. And I brought back my good Scottish buddy, Del. How the fuck are we all being? Good evening, Mr. Lacey. Good evening, Mr. Yolly. It's nice to be on board. It's uh, Team Extreme for the invasion angle. What else could you expect? And what else could you want, Lace? I was going to say, it perfectly writes itself. So, Mr. Yolly, throw me some headlines. So, the first headline is value for money. So it has come out that the WWF's purchase of WCW has cost $7 million, according to the financial statements they've released for the beginning of the year. When you think the sort of bids that Bischoff and stuff were going on about, um, $7 is pretty chump change for what they've gone and bought. Yeah, reckon- it's, with the, it's with the TV loss, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that, was the big, that was the big thing with the money that was floated about before it was because the tv slot that was where the money was um seven million for a few talent contracts and i take it the tape libraries included in that so yeah, yeah pretty good bit of business because there'll be dvds and all sorts they can i'm sure they'll get that money back several times over over the years so but I mean, said they've now got a license to print whatever dvds they want of Pretty yeah. much anyone that's ever been in both the Fed and yeah. WCW. Yeah, absolutely looking forward to a Tory Wilson DVD. Just get out in there early. Step on my balls, Tory Wilson. Steve is I mean, $7 million. I mean, Chuck Palumbo really isn't cheap, but I think it's going to be worth the, the long-term investment. I think, I mean, they could have took it. I mean, Sean O'Hare and got it done in even five, but I mean, I think it's going to be worth the money. 
I think Chuck Palumbo's shampoo bill is probably seven million pounds a year. Glorious mane that he has. It's a lot of head and shoulders. Yeah. Next headline. And uh, the next one is well. That lasted long. I was waiting for you to prompt me, Christopher, because that's your fucking job as host, you useless fuck. Normally we do this in person. It works so much easier. Yeah. (laughs) So the original plans to build WCW as a separate touring brand have been abandoned. Uh, The plans were that Raw was going to be a WCW program. Those plans are now been indefinitely postponed. And SmackDown was going to go live with it being a Fed-only show. And those ideas, too, have been put down the swanee for a bit, as it will remain taped on a Tuesday for the foreseeable future. Failed experiment, anyone? I mean, surely that's rights itself when you've got... I mean, if you're going to be calling WCW and ECW this, this alliance or this amalgamation, whatever word you want to put on it, surely it writes itself. You've got an established federation You've got a newly established alliance. You've got two programmes, two companies. Surely it writes itself for it to become a tour. I mean, I'm no an economist by any stretch, but I mean, I would have thought that was, I don't know whether it's just because they've not had enough time to put the wheels in motion or they've just kind of shot the bed a bit early and panicking and thinking it might not draw or whatever. But I would have thought it, it certainly merits getting it a run for a couple of months. It's, we're at the point that we're after mania. We're obviously building up to SummerSlam next month, but I mean, after that, historically, there's always a bit of a lull in business anyway. Get a couple of months, get a dry run, have it a soft, a soft opening, a soft launch for the two. You would have thought it, it wrote itself, but I mean, maybe they, maybe they know better than us. You would have thought that'd be a good way to get some of your money back, early. See, the thing is, they sort of had that idea until the first rule, which obviously we'll go over in a bit more detail in a bit. But because of the reaction that that main event got, that was Vince enough to go, no, fuck this, I'm not doing it. I was also wondering if part of it was the lack of star power on the WCW side of things. I know DDP is probably the biggest name they got and Booker T, but apart from that, I mean, who the fuck wants to watch Hugh Morris? Really? Come on. Huge erection? Yeah, well, whatever he's going by fucking next week and the week after. But it's just one of those things. I think the lack of star power. I mean, when you lose Lash LaRue, it's fucking game over, lads. What's the point in carrying on? Lack of star power, Yully. Who are you trying to kid, man? <laughs> the fuck was that? Was it... <laughs> I was somebody driving away from my fucking comedy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think they've got. I mean, they got obviously they got DDP, they got Booker T, but they've had to bulk the roster or the alliance as it becomes out with a few Fed guys to try and just fill it out. Like as much as I like Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, they're not really been about very long, even in WCW beforehand. So I mean, you're lacking your Stings, you're lacking your Goldbergs, you're lacking your Flair, you're lacking your Steiner. You're lacking anybody, like, even somebody like Lex Luthor. Yeah, Lex Luthor. Fuck me. You can tell I watched Superman this morning. <laughs> Lex Luger. Uh, you're lacking your NWO. I mean, even someone like Jeff Jarrett, it pains me to say. Um, 
Let's not push the boat too far. Yeah, but that would add something, wouldn't it? Like he's at least he's been a champion over there. Granted, um, because he sucks off yeah, Russo. Yeah, pretty much. But like, yeah, it would have been something. But I mean, you just got you got. A, I mean, you got a bunch of people that. I mean, the WCW has been on the wane for a long time, so a lot of these people probably haven't watched it in so long they don't know who the fuck half these guys are. Yeah, you got to think if anyone had stopped watching WCW, say in '99, which is obviously when they shit the bed and started losing all the ratings. Hmm. Booker was still in Harlem Heat at that point. Yeah. DDP obviously still had his flowing locks and was a champion. Yeah. And none of the natural born thriller lock would have been about. Kidman was what still with Raven in the flock. Yeah, he's like a smackhead. He's a crackhead, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah so. You know, no one would have known Helms. No one knows as at any of the thrillers lot. You've got Hugh Morris, who was basically a named jobber. Yeah. Yeah. If, instead, if someone's not seen the product for two years, yeah. you're right. They're, they're not going to know who the fuck any any of these guys yeah. are. Or yeah. the reality is, they are a bunch of fucking jobbers. If yeah. I can be um, for a moment, if I can be serious for a moment here. I think he's up being quite harsh. Well, we all know that once ECW turns up, you know, people know those guys because ECW was awesome. And that's why they know Storm and Awesome and RVD. And obviously then you've got the, the guys that are in the Fed as well, the ECW lot. But, you know, it is that thing of if... I know a lot of the time Warner deals, because it's come out in the, the sheets and stuff, start running out in November, December time. Because like Rey Mysterio's runs out in November, um, Flares is in November. Um, I think Stings is January as well. So there's a lot of guys that, if they'd have just waited six months or eight months, there are bigger names that they could have mm. come in they, with. They slow built it and then done something at Survivor Series, basically. Yeah. So yeah. So and last but not least. Uh, buff mummy that sounds really fucking weird dude you better explain this quick so you know how he goes buff daddy we all need to know that buff bagwell has been told to fuck off because he doesn't like being hurt and guess who told said that he couldn't come to work his mummy judy bagwell her of honor fucking forklift fame who is his business manager um, contacted the WWF and claimed that he was too injured to work following an attack that took place on uh, SmackDown. And uh, as such, he's been told to fuck off. Is that a joke? I did that to get a PE. I mean, it... It, it's up there with my dog at my homework to get your mum to phone in and go, oh, sorry, Buff can't come to work today. I've got no comment on this. There's absolutely nothing I can add to this. There's gonna, there's no comedy to be made here. It's fucking tragic that this man, at his age, is getting. I mean, fuck me, the roided up George Michael looking bastard. Sort of ate me. I mean, I'm excited to see him back in the strip clubs, personally. But... <laughs> It's just that sort of thing, you know. He'll go back to his American male style uh, gigoloing, I reckon. 
because let's face it, he ain't getting a fucking job back in the Fed. So we shall start with some TV for the month. Um, opening up with the first roar of the month. And we see Vince coming out saying that finally we are going to have WWF versus WCW and it will be an annihilation. Angle comes in and kisses Vince's ass. Austin then comes out and uh, Austin calls Jack Angle a jackass and says that they don't need Angle and they both just keep hugging Vince. Shane comes out and tells us that at the pay-per-view invasion we will have an inaugural brawl and that we're going to get our very first ever WCW world title main event on Raw, Booker T versus Buck Bagwell. We see the APA backstage hunting for a mole because they believe someone has let in the WCW talent. We then get Undertaker in an IC title match against Albert where DDP gets involved. We have Pervy Vince perving over Tory. Yep. <laughs> Which I can tell you fully, fully back that sort of behaviour. I want to spit on my face and strangle me. <laughs> we then get the main event of the evening where Shane comes out and introduces us and welcomes us to WCW. We get Arn Anderson and Scott Hudson to do commentary and Stacey Keebler comes out to be the ring announcer. Backstage, or just before the match happens even, uh, Regal and Tajiri come out and tell Shane that he can't be in the building and kick him out. We then get our match between Buff and Booker T. Buff jumps T to start. There's a double arm DDT. Booker hits a spin kick, back elbow and gets a two. Buff hits a stun gun and a neck breaker. A suplex hits a two and a chin lock. And at this point, the WWF fans are pretty much bored of this and are booing this out of the building. T punches, hits a drop kick, Buff hits a punt and a rope choke, a slam and clothesline on forearms by Booker T that gets a two, the axe kick and spin a Rooney and Angle and Austin come out and jump Booker. All three then beat down on Booker, so Buff helping him out. We then go backstage and see Pervy Vince getting caught by Linda with his pants literally around his ankles. And as we go off the air, Booker T and Buff are getting beaten up and thrown out of the building. This is why we now won't get a WCW show is because of that main event. I think if we'd have had a clean finish, we may have been much better for this, but they had to throw out Angle and Austin uh, go in and kick off on it and it's basically just a TV angle then instead of a match to prove anything about WCW did they shoot themselves in the foot by doing it this way? I don't think it was that bad I mean I know I'm Mr Positivity on this fucking show but I, I genuinely don't think it was that bad it was a cold match, it was a cold commentary team the, the crowd were called to because obviously they've been had it drilled into them for the last five, six years, how shit this company are. But it's the problem I think they've got with an angle at this where obviously everybody is at least potentially under contract in New York and no Atlanta now. But 
in order to invest in the story, you need to believe that they're still based out of down south. And then it's, well, who do I support? If it's WWF versus WCW, I know who to support. If it's WCW 2, then I don't know who to support. I just think they jumped the gun on it and considering the amount of months that they've had. I mean, we spoke at the start about maybe getting a six, nine month leading up to Survivor Series. We're halfway there at this point and they've had more time to think about it. But I, I genuinely think for the first time ever, it was pretty shit. But I think it's been all, I, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, you know, I think it's just been blown out of proportion. What do you reckon, you I'd agree. Um, I think Bagwell did seem half a yard off. Whether he was legitimately injured, and that's half the reason. Like, the match felt a bit sloppy, but it was that's all right. That's just buff, but, isn't it? Yeah, like... It's like always he's, sloppy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was okay, but, like, if the fans shit on something, they're going to shit on it. They were going to shit on it anyway. As Dell said, it's down to the fact that they've basically drilled it into their fan base that WCW shit, everyone there is shit. And... Um, yeah, but I don't think it was that bad. And the thing is, how long did it go before they done the run in? Is what four or five minutes, if that? Five at the most, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean, so you don't even give it a chance to sort of heat up the match, really, do you? No. And um, the irony is, the very next week they're in Atlanta. Yeah. Why didn't they're in. This is in Washington. Yeah. Why not wait a week? If they'd have done this in Atlanta, where predominantly a WCW base, mm. it would have brought it would have got a much better reaction. And well, potentially, but again, has even Atlanta been shown up to watch WCW in the last two years? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like... true, but or at least they would know they should know who these guys are more than Washington, where WCW never used to go out that side of the country. Mm. You know, they'd go to LA and they'd go to Vegas, but that's about it. They're not doing Seattle and places like that. So they, it's not like it's a market that is familiar with the WCW product as a whole. Sure. Just on, on TV, I suppose, if they've been yeah. watching it on Turner previously. But yeah, I mean, I wonder if some of it's sabotage from the WWF's point of view, as in. They almost wanted it to fail, so Vince yeah. jumped the gun early on making that call, if you know what I mean. He was waiting for somebody to fuck up so he could make an example of him. And uh, buff such a slimy-looking dickhead that it was clearly going to be him. Yeah, fucking gigolo wretch that he is. Um, obviously, you know the one major story that was going through most of this Raw was pervy Vince. Um by the end of it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, it's it's a bit grim for, for pervy Vince trying to like hook up with some 30 year old or 20 year old girl, uh, you know, get First a job. Of all, fuck you. Secondly, <laughs> are you telling me you, you look how old Vince was in 2001, <laughs> despite the fact you're not Christopher? This isn't a video podcast sticking your finger up doesn't help no one's going to see that are they <laughs> secondly are you trying to tell me if you were 50 and you had a a young lady like tori wilson cracking on to you you'd be like no i'm a 50 year old man i can't do this 
Yeah, the, the silence speaks fucking volume. <laughs> Shut your face and carry the fuck on. <laughs> so, uh, before we go into the SmackDown tapings, we will have a split, quick splicey spicy. Um, as our good buddy Eric was actually at this Raw and is going to throw us in a some notes and thoughts from the show. So you will hear that now. Ooh. Howdy folks, Eric here. I wanted to send in a, a report for the July 2 Raw that was at the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington, which is just about two and a half hours uh, away from where I am in Portland. And the reason I wanted to drop in this arena report was because when I got back and watched it on television, I realized how different the reaction was to the WCW segment compared to compared live versus how it came off on television. And I, I will say that live in the arena, I wouldn't call it a palpable segment. But I would say that Booker T got a very strong reaction. Buff Bagwell got a very strong reaction. Arn Anderson, very strong reaction. The crowd was into it, or at least the people who kind of knew what was going on. But when I watched it on television, uh, it came off as a very clear, at least to me, attempt uh, to the WWF uh, to bury WCW uh, and not acknowledge the relatively positive uh, reaction that the folks in the segment got in the arena that night. And having been there, uh, I can tell you it was uh, a hot little match. And then, of course, it ends with all the shenanigans and we don't really get a, a resolution. But for the five or ten minutes that Booker and Buff were out there for that last segment, it wasn't bad. And coming back to watch it on television, uh, I had a very different impression than what I was left with in the arena. So in the fairness uh, of the uh, reporting that we like to do on the show, I wanted to uh, drop this in here to the show uh, to let everybody know that uh, it did not come off as poorly, that WCW segment on the July 2 Raw in the arena as it did on television. So we are back and we are at the SmackDown. Um, so Austin has bought Vince a cowboy hat and also got one for the angle. A teeny tiny one for the for angle, which is quite funny. Um, the rivalry is getting so much so that the refs for both WCW and WWF are going at it. Um, we get a cruiserweight title match uh, on SmackDown where we see Shane Helms going against Kidman. This fucking awesome match. And I would have quite happily if they'd have put this on Raw, because Raw has the bigger audience of the two shows, as something that would have shown off WCW a bit better. Um, we then get Vince coming out saying that he's sorry for being a pervis, lecherous old cunt. Never apologise for it, I don't. Then Regal comes out to say that it's not Vince's fault. Good yeah. guy, Regal. We then get our second WCW main event for the month, where we get DDP going against Booker T. Booker gets the win when Taker comes out. Angle jumps T and they go into a beatdown. This was a much better match than the Booker Bagwell match. And we then get, at the end of the show, seven guys beating the shit out of Taker outside. They then beat down Booker T and one hit for Shane from DDP. So with this SmackDown, um, first things first, the main event. 
much better than uh, the one on Raw. I've not watched for a couple. I've not watched for a couple of months. Lise. Is SmackDown still taped? Yeah, still taped the day after Raw. Right. I had a funny feeling about that, but I wasn't sure. Why is it not the case? I, I understand. Obviously, Raw is the big brand. Raw is the big name. Raw is the big audience. Why not prepare this on Raw, saying, "Listen, you you really don't want to fucking miss SmackDown on Friday night." First time ever WCW title match. One, it gives you the chance to build it up. Two, it gives you a better chance for getting a bigger audience when SmackDown. And three, if it is shit, fucking go again, boys. Go again. But if it takes fucking five takes to get a good match, fucking there. You don't even need to date with the same two people. They're all going to be there. Book it as whether it's the, the match with Buff again, change it to Booker and DDP put in the cruiser. I mean, how many years did we talk about WCW? What was the best thing about it that WWF never had? Cruisers. What yep. was the best thing about the headliners? It wasn't the main event match, it was the main event names. You've no go at the names, so go with the cruisers. It gives everybody a bit of something that they've no go. You've still got the powerhouses in WWF for main events, but look at this shit. This is the kind of alternative viewing you're going to be experiencing from now on. You can't miss SmackDown if you just watch Raw. You can't miss Raw if you just watch SmackDown. You need to watch Abram because this is where it's fucking at. Now, I mean, I don't know whether I'm oversimplifying that or not, but that's how it would make sense to me. Yeah, it's to me, he's not, as we've said, all of us have said loads of times on this, especially in the ECW years, of wrestling is at its best when it's simple you build something up for people to then want to watch it doing a cold match just like this doesn't always work because people aren't going to be knowing that it's there it's like they don't they didn't advertise the match until like the second hour of the show and either so if even if you sort of just flicking at the beginning and going oh what's on smackdown oh we've got a ddp versus booker t match oh who is, oh, i'll watch that you, you're losing that lead in. Um, though I will have to throw out the the joy that was that Shane Helms and uh, Kidman match. More of that, please. Um, obviously, it's something that, as you said, WCW is fucking known for. Um, yeah, they haven't got the biggest amount of the cruisers kicking about, but you've got a couple of guys in the Fed that are that sort of size. So you've got your Scotty Two Hotties. Tajiri, X-Pac. There's some fucking good matches that can be made out of that lot put together. What, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, would that have made more sense to do DDP Booker T on the Raw? Yeah. Because they're going to gel. I mean, they've had matches before. I'm sure Bagwell and Booker T probably have as well. But, I mean, that would have been a... DDP's been there a bit longer, so like he's a bit more established in the Fed. Yeah. I mean, as and I messaged you when I was watching it, I re- I'm all for a suspension of disbelief, Christopher. Yes. But are you trying to tell me that a man that was railing Kimberly Page for <laughs> several years would suddenly start stalking somebody that looks like the fucking Undertaker's wife? I ain't fucking buying it. Bullshit. As my uh, better half said, she looks like a drag queen. He's a bad one. Type, isn't he? Um, no, but, he emaciated bleach blonde women by the look of it. Yeah. Interesting. But it's that figure like 
you know, you could have even still had the screwy finish on Raw with it being DDP, because Taker comes out, yeah. there's a reason for it. Yeah. The Austin and Angle coming out is just, no, we're just going to come out and shit on it. Yeah. So, you know, you could still have that Fed versus WCW interaction, and it would make more sense. Yeah. You know, it's... He said, and it, and DDP is a someone that the Fed fans will now know because he's been on TV the past few weeks. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just one of those like, I I just it seems as though it was just purely set to fail with how yeah. they how they set it up and planned it. So we will go into the next rule. Um, which opens up with Shane versus DDP because of DDP hitting Shane and SmackDown. But Taker comes out and tells us that he wants DDP instead. So we get DDP versus Taker until Shane attacks Taker and then canes him. He then gets beat down. DDP hits a cut to Sarah and DDP then takes Taker's bike. We see the APA... But beat the Dudleys for the tag team titles thanks to Spike Dudley's interference. Kurt gets a gift from of Sheriff Badges for Vince and Austin. Not rusty ones. <laughs> we get another WCW world title match where we see Kurt Angle going against Booker T. Earl Heb during the match, Earl Hebner comes down to take out Nick Patrick because of shitty refereeing. Booker gets the win after a title shot. We then get a tag team match between Kane and Jericho versus Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. During this match, Tommy and RVD come out. Then Taz, the Dudleys, Rhino, RV, uh, Just Incredible and Rhino all come out. And they face off against each other. And then they all turn and attack Kane and Jericho. We've got EC fucking W here. Paulie, grabs the mic and you will hear that now.
yelping out of him. And now Heyman's getting in the ring. By God, we deserve some answers. And to go off the show, we have the strangest 20-man tag match that I have ever seen for people in it. So, Big Show, Billy Gunn, Hardcore Holly, The APA, Canyon, Sean O'Hare, Sean Stasiak, Chuck Palumbo, and Mark Jindrak versus the ECW guys. To begin the match, the Fed and WCW guys just go at it and brawl. That is until ECW come out. The ECW and WFU guys go at it. ECW clear the ring, the WCW guys are all in there, and they all start high-fiving each other, and then beat down the Fed guys. Vince out comes out and wants to know what the fuck's going on. Shane says that he's outsmarted Vince, and the new owner of ECW is Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. <laughs> so, two reasons I thought she was very excited about that. <laughs> So obviously, oh, was really cold in the stadium. Clearly, um, so obviously, the main reason that it's us three is because of this. Um, 
<laughs> well, we've got a pay, we've got a penny tit, so how do we up it fucking paying a third one? So, <laughs> so how great was it to have scheming Paulie back and bringing out the ECW guys? I'm I'm happy as fuck. RVD's here. Good times to be had by all. But as I was saying to you, um, Yoli, when we met up during a month, um, I probably would have not done this now. Um, you know, we both said it's something that they could have done at a later date. Um, is it just basically because the WCW shit's gone down the shitter as quickly as it has? It's oh fuck, give them ECW. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, to a degree, I think there might be a part of that. Um, I take it the deal had been done previously to buy the ECW brand. and Technically, it's not owned and they're doing it on the sly because um, it's still in bankruptcy court for the actual... Yeah, so we're still in Still got like They're basically... There's probably a pre-agreement to purchase or whatever's going to happen but yeah 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 makes sense um the lack of chili willy annoyed me i know where, where were the fbi yeah where's big sal to be fair he could have still been waddling to the ring and just late um <laughs> yeah i mean it's the main guys isn't it it's the ones you most associate we've had this conversation so many times in the ecw podcast but the ones you associate are Taz, Tommy Dreamer, Raven, RVD. Sandman should have potentially been there, maybe, mm. but he's probably drinking somewhere. And yeah, there's, there's you, know you, know, is, you, you look at you look at Sandman, you look at New Jack. Oh, yeah. is Vince gonna sign off on those? And same with Sabu to a degree. I know he left yeah. ECW a while ago, but like, yeah, it's gonna. I personally would love to see New Jack. Mixing it up, send yes. him out to do Buff Bagwell over. Um, <laughs> yes. Just tell him Buff Bagwell's in the clan or something. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's the main guys you'd expect, isn't it? Like they're not going to add too many, and a lot of them were there already, like the Mike Awesome and stuff like that. So they're not really. And the Dudley, the, the Dudleys hadn't moved, had they? But yeah, Mike Awesome would come in as part of. WCW and is Lance Storm part of the ECW lot? Uh, he came in with the WCW lot. Yeah, but has he gone to the ECW? Yeah, he's, side he's gone yeah. with the ECW side. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, a couple are already over there anyway, so it's fine. Like I like Tommy Dream and obviously RVD. You're probably creaming your fucking pants about you crusty little fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I'm for it. But as you say, I th- possibly a little bit early. It could have been done for shock value, maybe at a later date, like to strengthen their grip hold, maybe, or something. Or, as I say, if they'd have prolonged this whole invasion thing. Yeah. Do the pay-per-view so quickly. See, it's one of those, just even thinking about it, they could have had them do a run-in in the inaugural brawl, for argument's sake, and it being, who who are they here to help? Who are they, What are they yeah. here to do? Yeah. You know, he, it's just one of those. It just, it just seems a little bit shit the bed. 
What do you reckon, Dell? I don't think we've put enough focus on Miss McMahon Helmsley, personally. Um, I'm, as much as this only happened a couple of weeks ago and the vultures of the radio say, oh, this is shit, and oh, I wish she got today with ECW, I still think this Raw had some of the best. I mean, I really like the, the Stephanie Dovey at the end, to be honest, but, but that moment with the with the turnaround with ECW guys and I think it was as much Jim Ross's call as anything else when he's obviously Mr. WWF and he's like what, what's going on and the shock is genuine sounding on the call and I think it was just such a good moment and it, it did genuinely feel like oh it's actually going to be quite good this I don't know whether it's my bias with you Lace and, and you all have put like the extreme side of things and kind of seeing the guys getting their due but the, the absolute master the dark arts, Paulie has still got, I mean, he's actually managing to wangle his way out of bankruptcy court almost with this, and the fact that he's got ECW on national TV, and the biggest angle in this business, and getting the rights purchased by a billionaire is just masterful, and then just to spit in the fans' face at the end when it's Steph that comes out as the owner, yeah. it's 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 pantomime, which I think wrestling really essentially is. It's just transatlantic pantomime. But the, uh, the just... thing is, it works as well because obviously, when Paulie was running ECW, he was never the money guy until yeah. the end. He always had either Todd Gordon or um, what's his face, the hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert, put money in at the beginning as well. So, him weaseling his way to get stephanie uh you know spend her money it makes perfect sense for paulie as well it's, it's that that bit with it being stephanie that owns it makes sense in that way of if you know what paulie's like you can quite easily just play that and it works So we will go into the SmackDown following this. Um, so Vince recruits Taker for Team WWF. Shane comes out with the WCW and ECW guys and that they will beat Vince and uh, win the inaugural brawl. She says that Vince tried to take, or Paulie says that Vince tried to take ECW's attitude and roster and the TV so Heyman has taken his kids. And Steph says that she and Shane will run Vince out of business. I think by now it's common knowledge that the WWF and Vince McMahon took all of ECW's concepts. I think by now it's common knowledge that the WWF and Vince McMahon took ECW's attitude. I think by now it's common knowledge that Vince McMahon and the WWF took ECW's talent roster. And I think by now it's common knowledge that Vince McMahon and the WWF took ECW's cable national network which ultimately ran us out of business. So if Vince McMahon is going to take everything from my 
You see, I'm the one that's in Shane and Stephanie's ears. And Vince, this is something you should pay very close attention to. Because while you called me up on the phone and said, pal, <laughs> I ran your company out of business, but I'll put you next to JR. I'll let you sit in Jerry Lawler's chair as the color commentator next to that pig. And while I was sitting next to JR, I was the stooge. I was the mole that fed Shane McMahon all the information that he needed so that Shane could perfect his brilliant plan to steal WCW out underneath the nose of his father. But that wasn't enough. No! I wanted to take the one constant in Vince's life. I wanted to take away the rock of Gibraltar of Vince McMahon's existence. How do you take daddy's little girl away? With money? No. With charm and good looks? No. With power! The power to own her own company! The power to make her own decisions! And the power, Vince, to offer to you the same ultimatum you gave your father. Get out of the way or get squashed. Because Vince, when it comes to power, and when it comes to Stephanie, Shane, and I, when it comes to WCW, ECW, and the WWF, power, you can give it to us, Vince, or at Invasion, we can take it away from you. Isn't that right, Billion Dollar Princess? Paul, from now on, you can just call me boss. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Paul, you have a point. It is all about power. Little fans here in Birmingham, pretty well got Stephanie paid. Just couldn't wait for you to die. My God. 
we have one fault, which we got from you, it would be that, well, we're a little impatient. See, we couldn't wait for you to die and get out of the way, so Shane and I decided to join forces. And together, WCW and ECW will run you and the WWF out of business forever! Vince is upset, upset that his kids have tried to turn on him. And Austin wants to help. And his answer to this is guitars and songs. And you will hear such delights now. Taz choking people out. This damn invasion is full scale. What the hell is Stone Cold going to do about it? He's going to do something to change the face of invasion? Give it up. Vince, do you think I know anything? He, t he tells me nothing. I just hope he brings me Paul Heyman's head on a stick. That's what I'd like. I'm back, hey, Vince. Hey, Steve. Hey, pal. Yeah, you, what are you going to do? The answer. You going to hit somebody over the head with this damn guitar? That's not what we need now, Vince. We don't need violence. It's not the answer to our problems, man. Look at me. Trust me. Let me explain. Debra, scoot over, please. Thanks, hon. I appreciate the support. Sit down, Vince. Let me explain something to you. Ever since I was a little kid, yep. if I ever had a problem, my dad would break out the old guitar and sing me a few songs, and I'd forget about the bully next door picking on me or whatever the problem was. I couldn't do the homework right. I'd forget about it, all through words and music, provided by my father. That's what I'm offering here, words and music. Inspiration for you. I don't understand. Yes. You know, you got this invasion thing. WWF is about to go down the drain. You're losing your hair. Steph, Shane, stab you in the back. They twist a knife, walk out of your life. They betrayed you. Look at me. Stone Cold is here to sing to you and solve your problems. This is inspiration, man. Can't you feel it? This is like, it's like chicken soup for the soul. Right. Here's a little number my dad used to sing to me. And it always worked every time. And I was just a little kid, sitting on his knee, and he starts strumming the guitar. Well, here it is. This is for me to you. Debbie, you can sing along if you know the words. That's a little out of tune. Better? Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Now let me change you something. All right, this is a little Queen. You remember the old rock band Queen? This, you'll really like this. This is a little more current. I rewrote some of the words. <laughs> I am the champion, my friend. And I'll go up fighting to the end. Because I am the champion. I am the champion, no time for losers, cause I am the champion of the world. We then see Vince's Wataker, Kane, Austin, Kurt and Jericho and tells us that that is going to be Team WWF. All 
kept that lady singing song, do-da, do-da. Come on, never kept that lady singing song all do-da day. Hey, Vance, Steve, Deborah, how you doing? Hey, all night. What are you doing? on the bobtail neck. Somebody been on I'm trying to cheer up Mr. McMahon. What are you doing? You got no business being in here. You're cheering him up singing a song? It's chicken soup for the soul. I'm inspiration. Look at him, he's relieved. His hair's going back. Look, look at you. Look at me? It's written all over you. What? Look at him. What? You're jealous. Of that? You're jealous of my relationship with Vince McMahon. You're jealous of the fact that I can sing. Hey, you can sing. I, I was in the Glee Club in high school, two years. Really? Yeah. Can you play the axe? What's the axe? Just the oh, guitar. The guitar? Uh, well, I played the ukulele. It's got two less strings, but I think I could probably carry a tune, yeah. You can't play the guitar. Yes, I can. You can't play the guitar. Yes, I can. You can. Yes, I can. You can. I can. You can. Can. Here. You talk me into it. Let's get over there, I'll help you out. Okay, oh, just to cheer Vince up, right? That's what I'm trying to do. I'll help you out. Do you really <clears throat> think this is a good idea? Well, it was till he come in. Um, can you move over? You make me nervous. Yeah. Not another way. You're your wife. It's okay. Okay, I think this one will cheer you up, Vince. Um. <clears throat> okay. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. I got Olympic gold. I got Olympic gold. I got Olympic gold. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Jimmy crack corn. What? What are you doing? I'm trying to cheer up Vince. Cheer up who? Vince. Where is he? You ran him out of the room, you stink. You're horrible, you're pathetic. Well, I wasn't any worse than you were. I listened to you when I walked in. I spent a lot of money on guitar lessons. I'm great. Tell him I'm great. Well, they did That's not. right. They didn't work. Did too? Did not. Did too. Did not. Did too. Did not. 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 Did Vince comes out telling us that we need the, own st the old Stone Cold back, not the gift-giving guitar strumming Steve that we have at the moment. We then have a hardcore title match where Jeff Hardy goes against Mike Awesome. Jeff gets the win after Edge and Christian come out and hit a concerto. And the main event is Angle and Taker versus DDP and Shane. Before anything really gets going, the Alliance come out and beat down everyone until the numbers are too much. Kane, Jericho come out and make the save, and then we basically get everyone out of the locker for a fucking massive brawl. First things first, we've got to talk about this one. Why is Austin sticking kumbaya to Vince McMahon? Because he's Del a stupid and sensitive, sorry, you misogynistic piece of shit. How's the wife? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's... It's just, uh, 
I, I get it. It leads into this. We need the old Stone Cold and we need the badass thing back with how he's then sort of behaving in this. But I, I, I'm not a fan of this comedy side of, of Austin. It works for Angle. Angle wearing the tiny cowboy hat and Angle wanting to sing and do shit. I find that funny. It just seems a bit weird with Austin. I mean, as much as I've not watched as much as I should have in the last few months, for many, I just don't think they know what to do with Steve. I don't know whether it's Steve's own creative input, if it's the creative that they're giving him, if it's Vince just not knowing maybe made the big decision to get the big shock at Mania, as if you needed a shock after the week that led into it. But the ending was Stone Cold turning and then how do you make him into a how do you make him into a body? Uh, well, if he just acts like a heel, he's done that for the last five years and he's probably the most over guy they've ever had. So that's not going to work. Do we just make him into the reprobate? I mean, they tried the the stuff with Helmsley when they teamed him up with him and that kind of worked for a while, but then obviously what's happened to him and in recent times, they've then went with teaming him up with Kurt, and Kurt, as you say, does kind of play that that imbecile quite well. But then do you just try to make Austin and Angle into Laurel and Hardy? I mean, it's just no, it's just no for me. Um, but I mean, it's it's kind of it's as if this is what they do. I mean, I don't think there was anybody more buzzing than Oslace when the radicals came in. And look what's happened to them with Eddie and China and then Perry with us fucking mop. And it's as if they just, that's like the default setting. If you want to get somebody a bit of attention, you just throw comedy at them. But it's no, we're not watching Airplane here. We're watching like Police Academy 13. And it's just no, it's, it's no happening, man. But I mean, this isn't like an undercard angle. This is your most popular superstar you've ever created, arguably, after Hogan. Maybe even before Hogan, with the, the short time that Austin done it. And it's like, I mean, I don't know whether it's because The Rock's not been there to bounce off of him, because that's the natural progression, is he's Mr. America now and Austin's the dirty foreigner no, I mean I, I, I don't know what's I don't know what the, the the strategy is with this. It's bad enough. No offense to the lassie, I'm sure she's lovely. Why is Deborah still hanging about in TV? And it's bad enough he's got that to contend with. Then you're combining it with a guitar and cuddles and I don't know man. It's as if it's as if Austin's trying to run his Stockton to buy it off when it bottoms out and then sell it when he comes back to life again. I, I, I just don't know what the, the thing is here. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. What do you think, Joel? Um, just to play a bit of devil's advocate, I, I don't hate it, just because Austin's actually quite good in that role. He's not bad with his comedic timing and things like that. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't know the Austin of old and you saw this, you'd probably find it quite good. But look, look at what he did when he was in ECW. Yeah, you know, it's such... was, it was great. Yeah. So it's not Austin being a comedy guy is not the issue. It's just it. It's what he's doing. But I mean, yeah. like becoming the suck up to the boss and stuff like that. It's obviously it's it's the polar opposite of what we had previously with him and what 
brought him to this pantheon he's in. But like, it's just one of those things where it doesn't bother me too much because you know it's a means to an end in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually it's going to lead to something else. So like, um, I'm always one of those. Like, well, let's see how it plays out. Let's see how it plays out. But. Kurt Angle was MVP of the whole thing by a country mile. As I say, Deborah, I don't know why Deborah's there. She looks like she needs ironing. She's that ring. <laughs> she looks like you get a shirt out of the dryer and it's still a bit wet. Do you know what I mean? Um, I've been horrible to women on this episode, haven't I? Uh, <laughs> shit. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, I'm sure the one just to clear up the misogyny here, did you say she needs ironed personally or she should be doing the ironing? What, what was the angle there, yo? I know, she just needs ironing. But, yeah, it's just... I, yeah, I mean, I think... I don't get why she's there. She doesn't add anything apart from the smart-ass comment to Vince, which is kind of like the balance they need, I suppose, to then play off somebody else. But, yeah, very... Uh, the thing is, these segments are like every other part of the show at the moment, aren't they? It's, yeah. It's a stone cold and Kurt. And I mean, for somebody like Angle, he's barely been there very long, has he? Like, he's just absolutely been chucked in the deep end. Not only is he doing fucking swimming, he's doing the backstroke. Yeah, Angle's fucking, what, is he just under two years now? And yeah, he fucking nails anything they put him in. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to touch on on this episode of SmackDown is Heyman and his I've turned, you've taken everything from me, so I'm taking your kids. How fucking super Paul E is that? This this is what I want from Paul E. But he should be on the commentary as well. Um, we were saying this when we met up earlier. It isn't until obviously after Invasion, Paul E comes back on, on commentary with obviously this being Michael Cole and Jim Ross and it being so, so WWF heavy mm. and every, everything that anyone else does is just, oh, it's all evil. There's no balance. Heyman making that statement of you fucked me over, so fuck you, I'm fucking you back. If you have that through commentary as well, just just bring out a bit more to it. Um, what do you reckon? Yo. Yeah, um, agreed. It's become so one-sided and biased. I mean, look at any commentary team in the history of wrestling, be it Jesse Ventura with Gorilla Monsoon, be it Bobby Heenan with Gorilla Monsoon. You've always got the guy that sides with one side and the guy that sides with the other, and that balance is always needed to tell the better story. At the end of the day, if you're shitting on half the product you're presenting... Why the fuck would I care? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. It's like you want to hear that balanced, almost that balanced argument between the two, where even if the guy on behalf of the alliance, in this case, somebody like Heyman, but how Bobby Heenan done it and stuff like that, you're like, you're full of shit. You are 100% full of shit. But that's part of the story. It's like you are fucking deluded. Like, do you know what I mean? Marty Jannetty did not throw himself through the window to try and escape, did he? (laughs) But that just adds to the whole thing. It's just like you need you need those polar opposites on commentary working together to make the whole product better. And when you've got Michael Cole 
and JR because they're both pro WWF. There's no argument against that, and that just doesn't work as well as it should be. Like even if like even if it wasn't Paul E, why didn't they try and do it with Scott Hudson, for example? Or Arn or someone like that. They've, 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 yeah, they've got... well, um, did they deliberately turn Arn's microphone down? Because I could barely fucking hear him. I just but, think that's the old man grumbling that he does. Yeah. <laughs> that's the manager of the hardware shop. Yeah. Arn Anderson rocks so well. But, can, we, can we just take a moment to bless Yully here for managing to talk about Michael Cole's commentary for about two or three minutes there and no mention it might just be his sheer fucking ineptitude. There is that, and I didn't want to mention the fact he's got a frosted tip haircut as well, because he just looks like Jack Frost, the cunt. But, yeah. So, Delve, your take on that? I mean, I, I can see the argument for Paulie. Um, it's kind of like... It's, I play champ manager, Lacey, and there's a young lady that plays with Liverpool at the minute called Jamie Carragher, right? And on champ manager, he can play left-back, he can play centre-back, he can play right-back. It's really good to have that kind of number where you can play him in any position, but it's kind of like what you get with Paul Heyman, where it's like, well, do you put him on comms? Do you put him as a mouthpiece? Do you put him as an ECW stalwart? Where do you put You'd kind of have him in a lot of places on the one show, and it's where he's best placed. Um, I, I, I think you really are struggling to not say that at the minute, with everything that's going on, the fact that he can talk up the coalition or the alliance for tours every Monday, tours every Friday, and then on a pay-per-view as well, I think it's hard to argue with the fact that you kind of need that balance of Ross and Heyman. But, um, the thing is, he can still come off comms to do his rah-rah speeches and do that. So, it's you know, it's not like some we've not seen that before with... Uh, being the, the guy from the commentary is going to do the interviews. And look at Brain as well. I mean, how many years did they see Brain doing colour with Gorilla and then he still had the family? And I mean, it's... I don't know. I think he's just too good to really pigeonhole him. And I think it might even be the argument is you maybe they just need to sit him down and say, listen, we really appreciate you in commentary. Can you keep that up? But we do also need you for the Alliance to talk him up as well. Because as much as you've got Shane and Stephanie, who in the last couple of years have really, really came on, He's still the best whenever they're doing the raras. Every yeah. time the three of them going, Shane's quite good. Stephanie's just turning into her fucking father's daughter, seemingly week by week. And then Paul E just comes in at the end, and it's like just the sound bites, like what you were saying about the stuff with Vince. And listen, you fucking stole my ideas, and you stole my talent, and you stole my money, and now you're making it into a multi-million dollar company, and I'm. I'm taking your fucking kids because it's what you fucking deserve, you carny bastard. It's he, he just comes out with these lines that nobody can write. And I mean, I I mean, I I, I, I don't think we need to talk up Heyman anymore, certainly in this show. But but it is true what Yolly says. I couldn't agree more though. So we will go into the final Raw and SmackDown before the Invasion pay per view. So it opens up with Molly and Spike in the ring, with uh, Molly and Spike having a, a wonderful heart to heart. 
how the fuck are they over as much as they are? Who knows? But the fuck is fucking amazing. The TMI. But we get Heyman and the Dudleys come out to try and get Spike to quote unquote come home, and there's even a space for Molly. They then beat down Spike because Spike refuses, and they put Molly for a table, and we get Bubba and his I've just come as I've hurt a woman look. We find out that Team WCW for the inaugural brawl will be Booker T, DDP, Rhino, and the Dudleys. Vince goes to look for Austin, and he turns out that he's in the friendly tap, and Vince saying still we need the old stone cold. We get Regal versus Taz with Tajiri on commentary. Beautiful. Fuck Tajiri. Paul Heyman. Tajiri, <laughs> every day of the week. Tajiri has an ECW show on, but it was a trap just to get Taz. We get Booker and Jericho for the WCW title. This was a decent match. Um, Booker wins due to some dodgy refereeing from Nick Patrick. We get Angle versus Raven, um, where Angle just batters the shit out of Raven. Uh, we get the Dudleys versus the Hardys. During the match, RVD comes out and hits a beautiful five-star onto Jeff, and the fucking crowd are massively behind RVD. Massive RVD chants everywhere. We then get Steph, Shane, and Heyman firing up the Alliance troops and Vince doing the same for the WWF troops with the added bonus of Classy Freddy Bussy. You'll hear both of those now. I hope that every single one of you understands how important this Sunday that invasion will be because there are no other chances for us. This is our last chance. When nobody else believed in you, when, when nobody else would, would believe in your ability, Shane and I have. We believed in you so much that we have sold our WWF stock. We, we've invested all of our money. We have nothing left but all of you. And this Sunday at Invasion, it is up to every one of you to take out the WWF forever. Yeah! yeah. Listen, this is the moment of truth. You understand that? The line in the sand has been drawn. There's no going back. Okay, after this Sunday, there is no tomorrow. Do you understand that we are on this side? The WWF will never take you back. They will never take us back. You understand that? Well, again, we divested ourselves. This is it. This is the new core. This is ECW and WCW. The biggest threat that has ever faked us, that I've ever faked, the WWF. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? You guys need to take them out. This is what has to happen this Sunday. There is no going back. There is no going back. Do you understand? There is no going back. 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 Do people understand how much they fear you now? Do you? Yes. Do you understand how much Jeff Hardy fears Rob Van Dam? How Jeff Hardy thinks he is going to fly through the air? How Jeff Hardy thinks he's hardcore? Jeff Hardy knows nothing about hardcore like Rob Van Dam. And how about you, Taz? How about what Tajiri did to you tonight when he spit on that ECW t-shirt? He might as well have spit in your face. He might as well have kicked down your door and spit in the face of your wife and your son. The only way Tajiri survived is if you let him. Because I promise you, we all come together at Invasion 
inaugural brawl when Diamond Dallas Page and the Dudley Boys and Rhino and Booker T take out the five best that the WWF has to offer. Oh, yeah. 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 Are you with us? Guys, listen up here for a minute, please. Hey, hey, I'm sure y'all saw what happened tonight. Look, they still don't damn get it. But you know what? Tonight, we're gonna show their asses that we mean business. Yeah. 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 These second-rate sons of bitches wanna ride piggyback off of us because they can't make it on their own? Then tell them to bring their little invasion on. Because starting tonight, we ain't taking it no more. Yeah. It's time we got knee deep in somebody's ass. Yeah. Guys, let me just say this: that make no mistake about what's going on down here tonight. Make no mistake about what's going to happen this Sunday. Because no one in this room has ever been threatened personally like you're threatened now. That's right. That's right. None of us have ever been threatened collectively like we're threatened now. This coalition of WCW and ECW, they want to eat each and every one of you alive. They want to do it tonight, and they want to finish us off on Sunday. Now, what I was hoping that we were going to have someone here with us tonight to help lead the way, Stone Cold Steve Austin. What the hell with all that? I've heard all that I'm going to hear. What it's time for is to find out who the phony tough is and who's the crazy brain. Austin. He's made a hell of a name for himself here in the WWF. And now he don't have the heart to go out and fight for the company that made him? I say to hell with him. But the rest of you, you need to understand this. There's no shame in going out and fighting and getting your ass kicked. But there's no honor in not fighting at all. So who wants to fight? Who wants to fight? Comes the time when every man must fight for what he believes in. You understand? Now's the time. Get up, stand up, let's do it, guys, and fight. Come on!
Austin seen in the bar watching the speech from Freddie Blassie makes him then leave said bar. The main event is DDP and Rhino versus Taker and Kane. During this, Team WCW come in and run in. The Fed guys come out and out then comes the rest of the DC, ECW and WCW guys. We get a mass brawl and we hear the glass break as Austin comes in, clears house as we go off the air. So we'll go over the, the, the two rah-rah speeches separately at the end, but for an episode of Raw, this was fucking awesome. Um, my, my one issue is obviously going into the, the pay-per-view, we're getting a lot of WWF versus ECW, WCW guys, and obviously like the DDP and Rhino being in the inaugural brawl against Kane and Taker, Booker and Jericho being in the inaugural brawl as well. Are they giving a little bit too much away on the TV before the pay-per-view when the whole point of the pay-per-view is it's meant to be the first time that we're getting WWF versus WCW? Del? That's just something that's fucking annoyed me since the start of July, right? I know Vince likes his words, right? He's, he, he, he grasps onto these three, four syllable words and inaugural seems to have went over his head. Right, it's fucking all we've seen for weeks is brawling, Vincent. It's no inaugural, right? It maybe wasn't fucking June, but it's no inaugural anymore. And as much as you do want to lead into a pay per view strong and you do want to build up what's essentially the biggest angle in the history of this business, it's true what you say, Les. What are we going to see on Sunday that we haven't seen? We've seen Take and, and Page. We've seen Austin, we've seen Booker, we've seen Jericho, we've seen Kate. We've seen it. We need to. I might be that. I might be proven wrong. I don't know what the numbers are of this show. I imagine they've done well purely on the premise. But you could have been into this and not even booked a match, and you would probably get a few extra thousand buys just purely because it's what WCW's fighting WWE. I'm watching that. And um, I, I mean, it's. I can see the intentions and obviously what we'll come on to talk to about the the kind of backstage point of it and stay the in ring. It's certainly got its merits, but as you say, you need to I mean, how many main events have we seen during the years, manias or starcades, and they never touch? I mean they fucking built Sting Hogan for fucking eighteen months. I maybe not use this phrase again because I feel we fucking overused it tonight, but it's very apt. Shut the bed where but it was still huge in the build-up, and it was huge because I was going to I need to fucking buy this, and I'm never going to fucking know. And would they know? But let's I'm just be- look at look at Austin Rock for the Mania build-up after the Rumble. So good they could do it twice, Lacey, because they built it. <clears throat> they they never touched, and but the Rum- WrestleMania this year is one of the biggest selling pay-per-views in the history of the company um i will say early numbers in that this uh, invasion as a pay-per-view buy rate is the highest behind mania um so you know pe- people were happy to put their hands in their pockets for this show for this premise of the fed versus wcw slash ecw 
but yeah it's just it's just giving too much away doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the pay-per-view which we'll go on to in a bit and i mean yeah this is one of the best rules that i've seen in fucking ages but it just it's just like when you're plugging it as an inaugural brawl meaning first ever you you you're, lo- you're missing it <laughs> Plus, to be fair, it's not the first time I've went to McDonald's for breakfast and McDonald's for lunch, so clearly people will pay twice for the same old shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best analogy I've ever heard. Yelly, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, agreed. Don't really have much more to say, to be honest. Um, with that inaugural brawl, it was all right. It's fine, but just like... What can so, you add? It's not been said. Tonight. Yeah. So, obviously, um, the first of the RRR speeches was obviously Heyman. Um, I take it we've all seen Beyond the Map. Is that speech was so reminiscent of the Heyman speech that he gave to all the ECW guys before that first pay-per-view at Barely Legal. This is the dance. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what you want from Heyman. And you would drink that Kool-Aid if you were in his area. Like, if he spoke to you, like, I would literally jump off a fucking cliff because I believed I'd survive if yeah. he told me I would. And that is just... With him, he, he he's just got this presence. And that sort of, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'll go to war for that guy. Um, obviously, then we got the Fed side of it where Vince just seemed a bit, oh, they're here, they're taking us over. It wasn't until fucking Taker brings in Freddie Blassie and we get that iconic voice, um, stand up, you will fight. And it's like, again, there's another one that, you know, if he said, we're going to fucking war, you'd get behind that. Uh, what do you reckon, Yo. Uh Yeah, pretty much. Like, Freddie Blassie probably best known to most people these days within the WrestleMania voiceovers, isn't he, at the start? So, yeah, uh, yeah, his voice is iconic for us, like that broken old man voice. Sounds like he's been there, done it all. So, yeah, no, I mean, both were good, like, done their thing, done exactly what you expect them to do, hyped the pay-per-view up without the need for any sort of physical stuff, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, good. Del? I've always, I've always been made a fan of the the sizzle than the steak with wrestling less as you well know um i love the two of these absolutely i mean we already bummed up paulie earlier on but just to see fred blassie even just on tv is amazing because you forget what the man's done in the in the years past and um the fact that he's still got it at the age that he is and what was he on screen maybe 20 seconds 30 seconds and he fucking killed it and as much as I said earlier, I've loved the stuff with Molly and Spike. Oh, it brought a tear to my eye. That's genuinely brought a tear to my eye. Seeing Fred Glass, I don't know what it was, but I mean, I've heard room. I mean, you hear that much these days with we kind of newsletters and things. But I mean, there there apparently a rumor that Vince, whenever he seen the promos that he was doing, Fred Glass, he really the stuff where uh, I cheer for them and all that. And you're seeing Ernie Ladd and that. Apparently, Vince started greeting watching them and I can totally see why I don't know what it is about Fred Glass he, even like the stuff he used to do with like the Ayatollah and that which, which he gave it brilliant and the fact that he can still do it in the 21st century 
is just uh, you really can't hide class. Exactly. Um, another quick bit that we'll just jump on here because I know that it, it surprised me, and I know Yelly mentioned it when we met up earlier. Spike and Molly. Just, just how are they so fucking over? I have no idea. I, especially because Spike's not the best on the mic either, is he? No. Like, he's he's okay. He's serviceable, but he's like he's not very good. But I think even hardened Americans in the year of our Lord two thousand and one love a bit of Romeo and Juliet. You got Romeo. You got Juliet. You've got the Montagues and the Capulets, in this case, the Dudleys and the Ho- and the uh, Hollies. And um, I think that's sort of like almost an immortal story through time that can always be played, even in something as cynical and shitty as wrestling. They're going to like a cute young couple that are almost portrayed as though they're 14 and it's their first ever fucking crush. Do you know what I mean? So I think that helps. I mean, Spike's fucking great, and he was great in the ECW. Yeah, Molly's Molly's good in the ring. She's probably, arguably, their best performer all round. Lita hits fancy moves, granted, but she's probably the one who's the most dependable with what she does. True. Yeah, technically, she's probably the most gifted. I like how you say she's probably the most gifted in the birds, and she's probably the most gifted fucking Holly. Let's be honest. <laughs> Well, I mean, I would trust her more in the ring than I would trust getting in there with fucking Bob Holly. I met Bob Holly. The man's fucking massive. Um, never met Crash, which was a shame because I think he's fucking great. But yeah, I think um, I think that there's always that thing where sometimes these things just hit, don't they? They just land on the right note, and even cynical people just cheer for certain for certain sort of angles don't they and i think that's just one of those where it's just harmless fun it's nice filler it's cute and then you've got the absolute bastards of the dudleys and the bastards of the hollies creating havoc on both sides it's like love's <laughs> young dream will fucking prevail christopher cynical <laughs> fuck Damn it all this time <laughs> So we go into the SmackDown before the pay-per-view. Shane, Steph, and the ECW, WCW guys are all out in the ring and say that it's going to be last rites for the Fed. We then get Heyman trying to sway Regal to join the Alliance, which I'm going to play because fucking Regal and Heyman, genius. What on earth are you doing? Willie! I'm here to talk to you. What do you want? It's not what I want. It's what I can do for you, Commissioner. Pray tell, what exactly can you do for me? What can I do for you? See, Commissioner, I can provide you with the future that most of these WWF clam chowder heads don't have anymore. Now, you know as well as I do, Commissioner. On Sunday at Invasion, ECW and WCW are going to prove their physical dominance over the WWF. We're going to run the World Wrestling Federation half out of business this Sunday. And then Shane, Stephanie, and I are going to take care of that other half. And you know that to be true. Now, if anything can ever be said about ECW, and you know this, it stands for Extreme Classy Wrestling. And you, sir, are a class act. I dig the tie, the suit, the whole ensemble, and for nothing else, I love the accent. See, that's class. 
And that's what we want in ECW. Nothing but class. Now, Stephanie, Shane, and I have had a long discussion about you, and we feel that you fit in. So, Commissioner, I know you're very loyal to Mr. McMahon, but it's time to say bye-bye to Vinnie Mac and join the future of this industry. Stephanie, Shane, myself, WCW and ECW coming together with the physical commissioner. What do you think? What do I think, Mr. Henry? Call me Paul. 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 Get your bloody feet off my table! Whoa, whoa, easy. How dare you, you foul little parasite, come into my office and sort it with your ungrateful, filthy presence! Okay, okay. You go and tell those ungrateful, toe-rag children of Mr. McMahon's that they, like you, can go to hell. And if you don't go now, I will perform acts of violence on you that make the bloody devil cry. Now bugger off! Bugger off! We then get a fucking awesome six-man tag between Kane, Taker, and Tajiri versus the Dudleys and Taz. Um, Austin smashes the guitar over Vince, saying that he is going to be the old Stone Cold. You then see Steph rallying the team of ECW and WCW, and our main event sees Booker and Rhino going against Angle and Austin. During the malaise, there's a backstage brawl where DDP has taken Deborah and put her in the boot of a car. Yes! Take as <laughs> as we go off the air. So this one, you know, this is this is the better build for the pay per view because obviously you've got yes, there's a massive brawl. You've got the one sort of proper match between the the guys, and you've got your your hook for the pay per view with DDP being a weird stalker again and stealing people's wives again. Um. I suppose it's a bit of an upgrade from Sarah. Um, Del, going grade, could you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, you'd be going after fucking Wurzel Gummidge if you downgraded. <laughs> Same fucking hair. Is me Young Snow in the game, Lee? <laughs> At least she knows her way around a man. Del, what was your thoughts on this last Smackdown going into this pay-per-view? You'll just need to give me a moment to think about Johnny May Young. Um, I, I mean, I, I just think this week they really nailed it. Um, with what you were saying there about the, the prospective buys for this, I mean, I can see why, even just based on this week, the stuff that we've seen on the Monday with the speeches for, for Fred Blassie, we've seen a couple of brilliant matches, as you say, with the, the tag teams. Um I, I mean, I, they, they've just nailed it this week. I mean, how many times do we see they maybe peak a bit too soon getting into shows or it's a bit of a damp squib when they're, when they're trying to lead into a pay-per-view? I, I don't hang on paper. As much as we've got our flaws going into this, with the the questionable nature of the word inaugural, the, um, the, the, the kind of, what are we going to see on Sunday that we've not seen before, the... The, the weird angles getting over like, like Molly and Spike. And I mean, there, there's certainly been a lot of issues leading into this, not least the, the concept itself. But I think for a week of TV leading into a big pay-per-view, you can't really fault them. I mean, they've, they've put bums on seats. That's the name of the game. And um, aye, I think they've done brilliant. And I'm buzzing for it. Yelly. 
Same. I think it's a really good closing episode. It's not very often that I'm excited going into a pay-per-view from the Raw. Like Normally the hype's been going for a while. It's not normally a Raw. There's never normally anything that will just turn that up to 11, to use that phrase. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think it was really good. As, as I said, the Spike and Molly stuff is cute. It's harmless. It's, it's fun filler, isn't it? Um, I think we need to mention Steph's hat. And her early 2000 hip-hop look she's going for now, she's extreme. She's extreme, Yolly. She's extreme. Yeah, but I, I quite like that. she come out in a pink dress, and now all of a sudden she's fucking street as fuck. I think that's really important. And her telling Freddie Blassie she's going to die, which is something <laughs> I secretly wish on all my grandparents so I can finally afford a deposit on a house. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, it was really good. Really good. So... We will go into the pay-per-view. Um, awesome opening video package. Full sort of World War II, Mussolini, all, all the black and white footage that you need. Mussolini, FDR, Churchill, all the names, Lace, all the names. <laughs> exactly. And the dulcet tones of Drowning Pool playing through it as well. What more could you want? Historical oh. value. 2001's new metal. So it was laying it on a bit thick, wasn't it? Like <laughs> I was like, "Come on, lads, this isn't really fucking to the level of World War Two." Like, should we really be using World War Two analogies when the when when one of the leaders of the opposition is a Jew? So we go into our opening match, which sees Lance and Awesome going against Edge and Christian. Awesome and Christian start. Awesome beats down, but misses a corner splash. Edge in. Awesome, though, hits a clothesline and Lance in with some boots. Edge hits a tilt-a-whirl head scissors. A drop toe hold and a top rope drop kick. Storm gets in a tag and Awesome is on the floor and Christian hits a tope. Lance back in. Edge hits a backbreaker. Christian in with a double hip toss that gets a two. Lance goes for a superplex, but it's blocked. Awesome then attacks on the outside. Christian back in and then is lobbed into the post by Awesome. And then gets an elbow drop for a two. Clothesline and a running splash gets a two. Lance in with some double elbows. Gets another two. Gut buster and knee smash for a two. Christian hits a crossbody. Awesome in and cuts the hot tag. Front slam. Jumping clotheslines. Both get twos. Lance in with more boots. Awesome then hits a frog splash that gets a two. An awesome bomb is blocked. Tags bow all round. Edge takes out both with spinning back kicks and an edge of Matic. A roll up and then Edge is then pushed into Christian. Lance, Lance rolls up Christian, gets a two. Awesome then hits Christian with a top rope clothesline. Edge spears Awesome that gets a two. A super kick to Edge. Awesome gets a pin for a two. Awesome bomb attempt, but Christian spears him so Edge can get the pin. This was a fun opener. Fed getting first blood, getting the first points of the night. And any time that we get Lance and Awesome is always fun. Del, what are your thoughts on this opener? What's the story with Storm and Awesome? If they teamed and I'm a bit out of the loop with WCW, if I'm honest. Yeah, so when they went to WCW, obviously 
Lance did the I'm serious and winning all the belts to be Mr. Canada. Mm-hmm. At that point, Awesome was still the fat chick thriller. They then went, no, I'm not being the fat chick thriller. I want to be Mike Awesome again. And then they teamed up because Lance it, told him to stop being a make dickhead. Awesome, make Awesome was what? The fat chick thriller. He stole my fucking gimmick. <laughs> They would team Fuck it, I'm fucking well, glad that company went in the pan and I would be fucking suing Ted Turner. <laughs> um, no, I thought this was alright. It, it kind of, it's almost as if it's a sign of things to come when you see this Polish tag team in there, the two good looking boys, they look similar, they've got the same kind of look and tights and they're well matched, they've got kind of backstage, backstage skits and things. That's how I asked about Storm and Awesome, because it kind of felt like Edge and Christian, or Christian and Edge come into this as a unit, and Storm and Awesome didn't really feel like that to me, but for a for an opening match, it's kind of as good as you could expect in this show. Um, I would maybe have put a mere recognisable tag team in there with ENC, but for a for an open contest, the, the crowd were certainly in there. I don't know whether it was the event or the match, or they were pretty much burning all night, which was really good to see. But um, but no, it was a pretty decent opener, as I say, as good as you could, good as you could expect. And it's nice to see Edge and Christian with some different different teams, because obviously the bits that I have dipped in and out in the last year or two, you kind of see them Hardy's Dudley's them versus Dudley's Dudley's Hardy's Hardy's Edge and Christian. You kind of almost. It's kind of like having steak every night. No, I mean, there's only so much you can take. Um, but no, it was pretty, pretty good. And I mean, I think the the two WWF boys, I think certainly are the right, the right winners just for how they are as a team. But it's it's a good start, I'd say. Jolly. Yeah, um, I quite enjoyed it. When they were in Team Canada together, weren't they? Yeah, just near the end when they did that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like them. Major Guns was she team Canada reluctantly, wasn't she? And, and Duggan, Duggan, and I don't know if anyone else. Duggan was team Canada. Yes. Yeah, Duggan's big heel run. He turned his back on the states to go to Team Canada. Well, it worked for Sarge, didn't it? It's because the health <laughs> service is a lot fucking better. Like, how are they fucking heels? But um, so yeah, I mean, I. I I just don't think they make a good pairing, though, Awesome and Storm. I think they're better off as singles. Rest yeah. a lot. Storm's been a tag team guy for the majority of the time we've watched him, granted. Be it, um, I mean, I saw him as the Thrill Seekers in Smoky Mountain, because I think I'm one of, the, one of the only English people in the world that's seen every single bit of Smoky Mountain wrestling. You fucking loser. I know, mate. Fuck me. Um, I was living in Kings Lynn at the time, so there's nothing else to do. Really. I could go one to one of the ten thousand Gregs they had, but I didn't really feel like that. Mm, Kings Lynn, you say? <laughs> it's not good, mate. It's, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they just—I don't think they—they they don't seem to fit each other as well. So, um, I mean, if you're going to do this alliance thing. Then, Potentially, I know that I know he's part of you're dealing with the X Factor, but wouldn't it have made more sense to put him with Credible potentially and redo the Impact players or yeah something along them lines? Because Mike Gorson would have been better. I mean, I know we have sort of rose tinted specs when it comes to Mike Gorson, but I would have much preferred to see him as one of the big boy players with in the main event 
like the five on five. Like I think he'd have been potentially more suited for that because f- physically I he's think... a match up for Kane and he's a match up for the Undertaker. Yeah, you know I mean, I that... if if it had been just coming out of ECW, then mm. yeah, I think because of the whole fat chick thriller and the seventies guy shit they did with him. Yeah, thanks, Russo. You fucking nonce. That year of that shit. Yeah. Murdered any momentum that he had. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but, the thing is, they tried to reboot him towards the end of WCW, didn't they? And make him just Mike Awesome again. Yeah. But yeah, as you say, it's too late. It, I think if maybe if WCW had lasted a few more months, it, it could have washed that fucking filth off. But yeah. yeah if, or if they'd have, you know, just hired Tanaka for him to fucking lob around yeah, a bit. Yeah, just have them two have a few matches. Like, make. Like, if you're doing WCW as Raw, WWF as SmackDown, give fucking ECW Sunday Night Heat. Give me an hour of that a week. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, songs they praise on one channel and Extreme Championship Wrestling and the other. I love it, you Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just fucking do it. Why not? Bring back, bring that back as well. If you're gonna if you're gonna do WCW, why not do ECW? Yeah. So we then see Regal going in to tell Vince that Austin is here. We then get our ref versus ref match. Foley comes out as the guest referee, so we've got an unbiased referee for this. It's Hebner versus Nick Patrick. Hebner with some kicks in the corner bomb. Some shit punches. Uh, Patrick gets a boot. Then they just brawl. Uh, we get Hebner hitting a 10-punch spot. Patrick with a low blow. The WCW refs... I think refs, missed the 10-punch spot by a good few inches quite regularly. Yeah. <laughs> um, they then... All the referees get in. They have a massive brawl. Foley sends the WCW refs to the back. Hebner hits what they call a spear, gets a free... Post-match, Foley batters Nick Patrick and gives him Socko. It was shit, it was short, but it has its purpose for, you know, even the employees that have tension against each other, you know, it's it's not one we're here for match grading on this fucker. It's basically a glorified angle. Yeah, I mean, you can see that Nick Patrick was originally a wrestler, he was a job guy for a while, wasn't he? And then he became yeah. a referee. And you could see just because he's was better at selling, he was better at like just ring awareness and stuff like that in general. He knew where to be and what to do, where Earl didn't. And the inclusion of Mick Foley was just for cheap pops, which is fine. It's fucking wrestling at the end of the day. Got no issue with that. Um the only reason it wasn't Charles Robinson in there and it was Nick Patrick is because Charles Robinson would fucking kill us all. The man's a murderer. Um, he's literally the hardest man in professional wrestling. Little Nate. Little, little Nate, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it was fine for what it was. You need a piss break match if you're at the, if you're actually at the arena, don't you? So, yeah, you need, you need something to go buy the beer. Yeah, exactly. Fuck the pennies, I quite like that. <laughs> it's a bit contrarian. But, um, but no, I like this, my baby Earl. And, well, I mean, Nick's obviously the typecast as ever, just coming in as the dodgy Ben ref that's nobody likes. And, but, I mean, I thought it was all right. I mean, the, the only thing I questioned about this lace is the placement. As you say, this is going to be seen by a lot of people as a piss break. 
it's the second match, lads. No, I mean, like, you've got enough fucking bodies on this show. I know there's only two kind of throwaway matches with, like, the lassies later on and the, the referees, but, I mean, having this up, like, second, and then I think, if memory serves, I think the lassies were on penultimate. I think it was yeah. second. But just before the main, which again makes sense having that, especially with the amount of numbers in the main event. But I mean, having this on second was a bit of a death spot. Um, but I mean, as you see, it was quick. It was a couple of minutes. Mix out there getting a pop. He gets the heat at the end with the sock. Ah, done with it. Save on the turn. I don't think MD was coming into this expecting fucking Gotch and fucking Fez. Know what I mean? But um, yeah. It, it was never going to be the, the retelling of Hackensmith and Gotch, was it? <laughs> so uh, we followed that with our Tag Team Champions versus Tag Team Champions match, where we have the APA versus the Natural Born Thrillers. All four are in the ring to start. The APA did a double spine buster on Chuck, Bradshaw with an elbow drop, suplex on to O'Hare, more brawling. O'Hare hits a lariat, Bradshaw then hits a bat suplex. Baruch in with back elbow. O'Hare in with some knees. Chuck in with a beatdown. Farouk then manages to get out with a shoulder block. Tags in Bradshaw, who comes in with a loads of clubbing, hits the sack of shit. O'Hare then manages to put in a headlock and a reverse DVD that gets a two. Bradshaw with a DDT. Farouk in and they double team on O'Hare and then lob the stairs in at them. Um, which only gets a two. Chuck hits with boots. O'Hare in with elbows. Baruch hits a spine buster. Then both tag Bradshaw in with a massive big boot. Power slam. O'Hare hits a super kick. They hit a double team stun gun and then a drop kick, which gets a two. Chuck hits a super kick. Bradshaw then hits the clothesline from hell and gets the win. Big boys battering the shit out of each other. I'll take this. Well, right now. Right up your street, isn't it? Um, Bradshaw is an arsehole. I'm sure it doesn't need to stay in this show, but I, I do not like that, man. He's got the confidence of a fucking god. I, I don't know how. I mean, for the former new Blackjack, I don't know where he gets this reputation that he's a fucking hard man or he's a big boy you know what I mean he's um, a fucking bully that's what he is he certainly seems it for, for what I've seen him he's, he's just a dick man I don't know what I'm I was going to say I'm sure he's a lovely boy but I bet he is isn't he? I bet he's just a dick everywhere I mean I don't think he's turning up that character too much on the telly but I mean it's, it's always nice to see Ron Simmons in a ring but I mean I think I think at his age now Ron's kind of stuck with, with Bradshaw unfortunately but um, as much as I love the backstage stuff that they two have, I mean where the team even came from I don't know the fact that they two have got the chemistry that they've got the backstage stuff with like, the the cards and the drink and the cigars I love it but I just, as soon as he gets in the ring he just gives me the fear and not in a good way um, but no it is good I mean, it's good to see a horse fight in it I mean you've got this and then you've got cruisers coming up and no, I mean, it's just a nice bit of variety. But um, but no, I, I do worry about Palumbo and O'Hare as much as we'll have a wee joke about them. I can't, if they're going to be lumbered with the acolytes, I kind of worry about where they're going to be going. But but no, it was a good horse fight. 
Uh, yeah, agreed. Good hoss fight. I think I mirrored Dale's statement with regards to Palumbo and O'Hare. Um, they're still relatively green as grass, aren't they? The one good thing both of them have got going for them is they look like stars. Solid. They've both got good looks, and like they've both got quite marketable looks for different reasons. But like they don't look out of place in a fed ring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if they aren't as well cultured in the ring as some others, their ring gear is a bit shoddy. Like whoever the WCW seamstress was, she's clearly not on the fucking level of the fed one. Yeah. Um, so like I would um, certainly be looking at upgrading that. But yeah, they both of them look like future stars. But maybe it's one of these situations where would it be a good idea for them to go away? Like, stay contracted for the company, but go to whatever their development is, Ohio Valley or wherever that is, yes. or whatever they do, Florida, send them wherever, and say, look, you're, getting, you're coming off TV for six months just just to be polished. Because obviously the WCW way of working is very different to the to the Fed way. And these lads were rushed out of the power plant quickly because of yeah. their size yeah. and look and the fact that they were going to be cheaper than a lot of the guys we couldn't afford to fucking show anymore. So, um, so yeah, maybe if whatever WWF has as their feeder, whatever you send them there for six months after all this is done and go, right lads, go, go there. We're going to polish you up. We're going to figure out what we're going to do with you. But give them a gimmick or something. The potential, the potential for both of them to be really good going forward is there, but, potential is great but it's not good for the here and now is it yeah like, the thing is you look so. at them both they are they are vince wet dreams you know yeah, they're, yeah, full, yeah. they're ripped they've, they've got distinct looks about them yeah, yeah. like both of them are marketable in different ways like sean o'hare looks like an evil bastard yeah like and chuck palumbo has just got lovely hair and his name's Chuck. So yeah, it's it's you're right. I think it depends on what what happens and with what goes on with the invasion and stuff. But yeah, I, I don't think they'd miss going down to OVW for for six months and working with Cornette down there and getting a gimmick or you know, a new look or at least and yeah, just something just. Even if it's just to improve their ring work a bit more, so they're a bit more used to that, the Fed style, which is the which, as I say, differs quite a lot to WCW in the way they sort of structure their matches to a degree, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah, I think that would be beneficial to them. But I don't, I like both of them. Like that Mark Jindrak lad, not so much. I don't see much in him at all. He looks quite vanilla and pretty bland looking dude, isn't he? Like Yeah. Could you describe him if I asked you to? Isn't he the one that wears red? No. See. <laughs> <laughs> he had black on. Quite <laughs> true, yo. Yeah, exactly. I'll rest my case. That's me done. Thanks everyone. Good night. <laughs> so backstage we see Jericho with Vince. He tells us that Paulie was is a leader for ECW. And we then see Shane and Steph telling Kidman that they need a win. So we go into our Cruiserweight Champion versus Light Heavyweight Championship match with Kidman versus X-Pac. 
Expert gear with an arm drag and some chain wrestling. A shoulder block misses. Kidman then with a drop toe hold into a headlock. Hurricane Rana, Inseguri, baseball slide, and then into a flip bulldog. We get a head scissors miss by Kidman, and then they go out to the floor. Pack hits a top rope splash. Spin kick back in the ring, gets a two, puts on a sleeper. Then Kidman has one of his own. X-Pack with the suplex and a top rope rolling leg drop that misses. Kidman hits a sit-out powerbomb for a two. We get the ten-punch spot. Pack tries to get a pin, gets a two. Kidman with his version of the X-Factor gets a two. Kidman then off the top, but Pack blocks that into an X-Factor of his own, which only gets a two. X-Pack goes for the Bronco Buster, but Kidman puts the boot up, hits the shooting star press and gets the win. This is what I was saying about you get the Cruiserweight guys from there, put them in with some of the guys that are in the Fed, X-Pucks and that, and we're getting great matches. This is fucking awesome. Yali? Yeah, good. Not much more to add. Like, X-Puck well, needs to go away, but that's about it. <laughs> what is the deal with that? Why does everybody hate X-Pack these days? I think it's purely because nothing's changed with him for about five years. Like, yeah, he's been, been pretty no much change. the same since six. Yeah, like there's been no change in his character. There's been no development, nothing like that. It and the thing is, if you don't keep up with the time, you just get bored of seeing someone, didn't you? But they've changed Von Cole's character. I was yanking that. You don't like that? You're a fucking miserable bastard. <laughs> I mean, I... I, I I was the one that said it was alright. I was alright with it. Oh, oh. It's Chris. He's the fucking wanker. I, I like mean, look at him. <laughs> Doesn't mean you should dress like him. <laughs> <laughs> no, match of the night. Uh, so far, I think we were expecting that to get into. Before, you always used to get that in WCW cards. The Cruisers are going to steal the show and they kind of done it in this way. We, um, one, two, three, kid and Billy Kidman. Um, it's the straightest I've ever seen Kidman hit his shooting star press for a start. Um, the SWAT X factors, the middle was nice. The, the thing that kind of killed this is kind of what's worked so far on the show is the crowd because they don't like Kidman because he's WCW, but they don't like X Pac for reasons. And um, it was just a bit, even like the ending. Is like, oh, yes, X Pac could be. Oh, oh, no, WWF could be. I don't think anybody really knew what today. And even in commentary, they're building up the X Pac stuff. We're like, oh, they're, they're not too keen on X Pac here. And um, I think audibly, it didn't really work that well with the crowd atmosphere and the commentators. But as a match, visually, it was it was everything you could really ask for in a mid card, mid, mid show match. Really liked that. So we follow that with Regal versus Raven. Regal beats down Raven start and hits a wonderful double arm suplex, forearms and uppercuts, gets a two, slingshots to the floor, forearms, but Raven then gets a baseball slide and a Russian leg sweep to the barrier. Back in with some shoulders and a clothesline, gets a two. Chin lock, but Regal manages to out with a suplex, it gets a two. Raven with a diving punch. Regal then hits the knee trembler. Raven gets a roll up for a two. Raven with a bulldog for a two and a sunset flip for a two. 
Regal then rolls up, hits a back elbow and a Northern Lights, getting twos on each of them. They then bump heads as Taz comes out, hits a arm and shoulder Tazplex. Raven hits the even flow and gets the win. Really like this. Good mix of brawling and catch wrestling. Regal can do no wrong. We all know how much, you know, I enjoy Raven matches. This is a win for me. Um, Del? As much as we were saying earlier on about Palumbo and O'Hare being a bit uh, green behind the gills, I think this is kind of what you see when you just see two experienced hands without being patronising because that's what the two of them are. They are just solid hands in the ring, whether it's Regal coming for for Europe and taking that style over there or Raven kind of having this genuinely interesting character in the last five, ten years. I mean, how many times can you say that in wrestling? And the fact that he's still kind of the same as he was in like 95, 96 and it still works like five, six years later, I think says a lot for him. But when you see the two of them in there, I mean, Regal's no spring chicken these days and even when he was a spring chicken, he was not exactly aesthetically pleasing. He's getting on a bit, Raven's getting on a bit, but it kind of shows what you can still get out of two people when they've got the brain. Because, I mean, Scotty Levy apparently is like one of the most clever fucking people in wrestling, which is probably saying like the healthiest Scotsman. But still, it's it shows when he's in the ring, it shows that the two of them know how to work a crowd, how to work a match. And it just works, man. It's, it's no something that you're going to be kind of building as a main event and then as much as we've seen Raven in that kind of stance a couple of years ago in ECW I just think the two of these are so well placed just to have you could just throw them out with pretty much anybody and you're going to get something at worst half decent and when they work with the two of them together and they've got the mindset and they've got the psychology and they've only kind of got the five, five, six minutes to play with, just a solid solid match, can't I say any more, can't I say any more less Yelly? Yeah, no, agreed. Given that they've got two styles that you wouldn't necessarily think would gel very well, um, it's credit to how good they are that both of them worked well together. Um, interference in this sort of show doesn't bother me either, especially when they're trying to get the upper hand. That is fine. Yeah. But, I mean, Regal's a fucking delight anyway, isn't he? Like, do you know what I mean? He turns his Englishness up to 15 when he's calling everyone a bloody git and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm all for it. But absolutely fine. Good little undercard match that didn't promise anything, but you knew it would be solid and you knew it would be enjoyable. So, so I can say, really. So, we then go into a six-man tag match with Big Show, Billy Gunn and Albert going against Stasiak. Hugh, Morris, and Canyon. Uh, the WCW guys jump the Fed team as they're all getting in, but they all then get press slammed. Canyon beats on Billy. Billy hits an electric chair and for a pin that gets a two. Canyon hits a flatliner for a two. Meat puts the boots in. Billy then with a backbreaker. Albert in and splashes for all of them. Albert then hits a scissor kick and a baldo bomb on Hugh for a two. A power slam by Billy and a clothesline into a fame master onto me. Hugh then hits reverse DDT and gets a pin. 
post-match big show choke slam all of the ECW guys. Short, quick, though I I know that you know we're not looking at meat Stasiak, uh, meat Canyon and Hugh Morris's people that the WCW should really give two fucks about, or anyone should really give two fucks about. But Big Show burying them after the match just really tells you what they think of those three already. Yo. Yeah. To quote Egon Spengler and Ghostbusters 2 yes. when speaking to Lewis Tully, thank you, Lewis. That was short but pointless. <laughs> I couldn't give a fuck. I really like Canyon. He was great in WCW. He's good as part of the Jersey Triad with Bam Bam and DDP. Bear was more. But the other five, I wouldn't piss on if they're on fire. I can give a shit about any single one of them. I'll be honest, Chris. Like, I really tuned out of this. I was like, <laughs> I don't care about Albert. I don't care about Big Show. I don't care about the one Billy Gunn. I don't care about Sean Stasiak, meat, whatever he was fucking called. And I don't care about humor. I don't care. Like, I can't. I'm getting angry talking about it. That I'm that. I was nonplussed by it and having to speak about it is fucking making me angry. <laughs> That's how fucking little I'm agitated that this happened. You know, for the fact that Vince is sitting there saying, we got him, we got his money, he cares, he's invested. Sports entertainment. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with me. <laughs> I, I'm going to make a confession, Les, and this is the platform to make it. See, about two years ago, I genuinely earmarked Billy going to be a champion. Genuinely. I'm not even being ironic. No, I think you're right. I think you've seen him two years ago when they were giving him that push with the King of the Ring and things like that. You're like, no, they are marketing him for bigger things. Run with Hopefully. the Intercontinental. I mean, it, it, like, yeah. I've always quite liked Billy. You can tell he's an athlete. I mean, I don't even know where he came from. I don't think he's got a traditional wrestling background, but the way that he took to it, he's got athleticism, he's got a look. You've seen with DX, he had a bit of a personality. It's... The, the fall has been quick with that man and the fact that you then team somebody up with that fall with the big show is like, I mean where did he fucking go that you see him coming in the big nasty bastard and yeah so, judging by the side of him I think he went to McDonald's more than you did and I, I mean I, I, yeah. I must just be going to a different shop than him we're clearly ships in the night when it comes to Saturday <laughs> but but I mean it's I dive oh it's really hard to invest in anybody. I mean, Big Show, he's won the title, and he? he? won it, like, first year, I'm pretty sure. He won it in WCW. Obviously, just look at the size of him. I mean, it's unfortunate. He seems to be a bit like Paul Daniels' face. He's going wider than he is tall these days. But the, 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 the decline that he's had, the decline Billy's had, Albert's, I mean, he's I mean, the only way he can decline is if he falls. I mean, the other three, it's hard to invest in some of these WCW ones that come in when you're expecting your flares and stings and Goldbergs and then you get hot with fucking huge erection and Canyon does seem to be the best out of a bad lot with us. I mean, my, my takeaway for this though is like, why the fuck is Sean Stasiak still got that Mr. Perfect tune? 
surely that should have been shot in Atlanta. The fact that they've let him do that here is fucking beyond blasphemous. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that even following his uh, shit that he did when he got binned off first time around when he was still meat, you know, going around fucking secretly people. Fucking Did you secretly film Tory Wilson? I don't know if he was doing it in WCW, but he was going around when he was in the feds, like back in '99, secretly taping people uh, backstage and stuff. Foundations or something, was he not? Yeah, that there with a Walkman, just taping folk in the motor. It's like man mountain rock all over again, isn't it? <laughs> Who oddly would not look out of place in this match. No, <laughs> it'd be an upgrade. You're fucking better than Hugh Morrison, fucking me. Hundred yeah, percent. So we'll go back to something that's much better. We see Regal backstage firing up Tajiri for his match against Taz. Opens up with a brawl. Tajiri hitting spin kicks, chops, and then Taz with a head and arm Tazplex and clubs. Tajiri back up with some quick kicks and a lariat, face smash and chops, and more kicks. Tajiri or Taz with an armbar, then a stiff Alabama slam gets a two. Tajiri hits the handspring back elbow and to the outside hits an SOE moonsault. Um, back in the ring with the tarantula and the low basement drop kick gets a two. Heavy kicks. Taz gets a, ta- a leg and arm Tazplex. Tajiri with the mist, big head kick, gets the win. Flashbacks to Joys of ECW matches. Fucking love this. Del. Uh, we've got three ECW boys on here, Les. I think we're all going to say pretty much the same thing. You loved it. I loved it. Joey's probably going to say he loved it. Uh, just really, really good to see. Um, you almost forget how we Taz is when he's in there with Tajiri and they're pretty much the same height. If Tajiri <laughs> lay down, they would probably be the same width. But, um, but no, I really like this. It's kind of like a clash of styles again, where it's like Taz is big and brutal with the suplexes. Tajiri just will not go down. He'll kick back. He's got the mist. He's got the facials. It, it kind of started off as a 10 when you've got Regal building this up as that jumped up little gobshite Taz. And it just stayed there. I just, I really like the two of them together. It just worked. You see Taz out first. He's trying to kid on his five foot. 11 and Tajiri comes out, he's signing his cell up, he runs it, he's doing it for the WWF, he's new adopted home. It's really, really good. And the, the stuff that I've seen with Tajiri in the last kind of couple of months, really, like the, the TV and then the, the commentary spot and the stuff that he's doing with Regals, this is how you do comedy. And it's like what they're not getting right with Steve Austin. They're just killing it with Tajiri. And I don't know whether it's just the placement in the card. Austin just shouldn't be doing it. Tajiri should be. I don't know what it is, but he's just got some of it. He's just magic. And it's like when you see these characters that they don't let talk English and they still get, I mean, it's like the full Rousseau argument or look, Chiz will never get over because they can't talk English. Look at Tajiri, mate. What does Tajiri say? Or like Fanak, you know what I mean? When they've got these, these characters that can play comedy. But then they can get into the ring and day. It kind of similar to what Angle's doing, where he can have these skits, but you still take it serious when he gets inside the ropes. I just thought it was really, really good. I loved it. Yo. Agreed. I mean, as you're fully aware, Tajiri is one of my favourites 
has been since the ECW days. Um, him being Regal's houseboy is just a masterclass in stupidity in the best possible way. Um, he's just so good. It's so good. The tarantula's awesome. It gets a good reaction every time he does it. He does the green mist, and I, I fucking love that shit. Like, I've always loved that. I loved it when Muta done it. I love it when Tajiri does it. Um, just a really solid match. A lovely throwback to ECW of old, wasn't it? Two ECW guys sharing the ring on a bigger stage. Um, I don't know if they ever wrestled in ECW, did they? Because it would have been yeah, there passing... was a title match. There was, was one there... title match just before um, Taz left. Taz left, wasn't it? Oh, shit, yeah. Well, I actually done that one, didn't Which I? you I did, did yes. Yeah, yeah, You know what my memory's like from all the drugs we took. And, and they say we should stop taking notes, Yolly Foxy. Fucking notes. What notes for a... Notes are for bastards and weirdos that wear sunglasses indoors. I wore sunglasses to the pictures once. Wasn't even a CD film. <laughs> so yeah, really good match, mate. Really fun. Again, short enough to not outstay as welcome, which is what I've liked about the TVs and this pay-per-view so far. Nothing's gone too long, do you know what I mean? They really yeah. are. They fought in a bit with match lens. Everyone's like five minutes in and out, man, in and out. Yeah. But I, I like that because sometimes like you watch one, it's like 25, 30 minutes and you just, there's that middle portion of it and you're just like, I'm kind of done now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just get to the end. Yeah, yeah, just hurry up. Yeah. So we then go backstage and we see RVD jumping the Hardys. We then also see Hardcore Holly at WF New York just kicking off with a fan in a WCW shirt. What? Bob Holly putting on something younger and weirder than him? Never less. I know, right? Um, so we go into the only title match of the evening, which is the hardcore title match, which sees Jeff Hardy versus RVD. They start off with some quick transitions of attempts of sweeps, leg drops. Uh, Jeff gets a hat, head scissors, and the crowd are fucking massively behind RVD, which is funny seeing about how much they're normally behind the Hardys. Jeff with a drop kick gets a two and a trash compactor for a two. RVD with some forearms. Jeff with an atomic drop but misses the crossbody. RVD with a standing moonsault gets a two. Double arm slam and rolling thunder for a two. RVD with kicks and then up tops but is pushed to the floor. Jeff with a baseball slide and then goes for the barrier run but is blocked. Jeff then gets out a massive ladder. They brawl into the crowd. RVD with a moonsault off the wall, which gets a two. And then the twisting leg drop for a two. Powerbomb onto the floor. Jeff climbs the ladder, but gets tipped over. RVD then gets a chair. Jeff hits him with a ladder to the face and a chair shot. They walk the way up to the back of the stage where RVD hits the Van Daminator and Jeff falls off the stage. Into the... Dop gets a spinning leg drop for a two, then they go back to the ring. The skateboard drop kick, split leg and moonsault, gets a two. Jeff with a DDT for a two and a twisting suplex for a two. Jawbreaker but misses the follow up Swanton Bomb. RVD puts the belt on top of Jeff, hits the five star and gets the win. Match of the year. Thank you very much. Fucking RVD is amazing. 
works so well with Jeff. I will watch these fucking have multiple matches shut up and take my money. Dell? Uh, two young guys, two athletic guys, two sport guys, two look, I mean, the, the crowds are going to love them. It, it, you kind of see guys like this quite rarely and I really I really don't want to build this up too much but see maybe about three four years ago and you were seeing Austin and Rocky going for the IC belt or you would see Austin and uh, Rocky and Helmsley going for the IC belt these two have kind of got something similar or you can just see in a few years time they could be something but unlike somebody especially Triple H who's quite unlikable at times Rob Van Dam, I think, has got a massive appeal, whereas we boys and we girls will like him. Young adults will like him. Older people will like him for like the ECW days and just how good he is. Jeff, similar, where like teen girls will like him. Older fellas like us will like him. He's, the two of them just go mass appeal. And you kind of worry when you put two... No, not overly similar, but with certain similarities when you put them in the ring together, it's either going to fly or die. And the two of them just work together. Jeff has still kind of got that reputation where he used to see um, <laughs> back talk about him when he came in in the mid-90s where you almost had to put him in and out of holds. He's still kind of got that a wee bit when you see Rob having to kind of push him about and pull him about just to get him into place a wee bit. Mm-hmm. But I just think give these boys a couple of years, maybe get them up to like a, a an IC level with a lengthy run and let's just see how the crowd react because I don't think, especially Rob, I mean, Rob Van Damme's just a fucking star. He has yeah. been for years. I mean, we've all said it for years on the ECW show. He's just destined for bigger things and they finally seem to be coming these days. I just think that the two of these are, I would just buy stock in them all day long. Yo. I'm probably going to upset the pair of you. Oh, fuck off, Yolly. I fell asleep during this. Not intentionally. I was just so tired. Chris knows how much overtime I've been doing at work recently. So I nodded off and I probably missed about four or five minutes of it. But what I saw, I really liked. Like RVD's, he's a breath of fresh air in many ways. While he's very similar to the Hardys and his appeal, his style's that much different. And a lot of the Fed audience wouldn't have necessarily seen anything like him for a long time, especially with stuff like the Van Daminator, the Van Terminator, all that sort of stuff. And like his rolling thunder and his five star frog splash. Like obviously Eddie Guerrero does the frog splash as well. But they are they're different enough to stand out as each other apart from each other. Do you know what I mean? So I completely in agreement with these two guys probably have the brightest future with regards to going forward out of everybody that's on this card. Like Jeff Hardy, you can see being around for a long time as long as he doesn't get hurt too badly yeah. with his style. And um, I think they'd be a bit daft if they don't pull the trigger on RVD quite quickly with a run with maybe the IC belt or something like that, just to test the waters and see how it goes. Because, I mean, he was pretty much the only reason a lot of people watched ECW, especially towards sort of the end after he had come back from his injury. Um, so, um, yeah, 
I, I wish I'd have not dozed off for that few minutes. That weird little bit of flash sleep my body decided it needed. And managed to stay awake during the um, the Tory Wilson match. Fuck knows how. Why am I not surprised? Oh, Tent pole <laughs> in the shorts match or whatever it's called. <laughs> I'm um, glad to hear that kept you up, you Oh, it kept me up in more than one way. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, it was good. Like, from what I saw, it was good. I am going to actually go back and watch that because um, I feel guilty falling asleep knowing full well that this would have been the match that you probably wanted to talk about the most, Lacey, because you're so desperate to suck RVD off that it's, that it's borderline embarrassing. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I'll go back and watch it. But from what I saw, yeah, really good match. Can we just take a moment also? I've never heard the words Rob Van Dam in fresh air in my life. How much fresh air really is there around Rob Van Dam? Because I think you would get quite intoxicated for breathing in any air around Rob Van Dam. I think even with a 30-yard radius, you're probably in trouble with him, aren't you? So, pop quiz, who has the uh, bigger aura of weed around them? RBD or Snoop? Because I'm probably going to say, you know, RVD might only be second to Snoop Dogg for. Do you think if they're ever in the same room together, the world would come to an end? Just naturally. It's like two, two, it's like yin and yang, just like one of them goes. Or we could be leading up to WrestleMania 18. Willie Nelson, special referee, and he can bring his wee paper belt that he was wearing at WrestleMania 7. Yes. Russo would have booked it on a pole, wouldn't he? Something would have been like they've been fucking papers on a pole, stash on a pole match. I may or may not have a secret, um, secret ambassador in the New York area who works as my consultant. I cannot comment ye or nay. <laughs> <laughs> so we go into the aforementioned match, which uh, kept Yolly up. The bra and panties tag team match between Stacey and Tori and Lita and Trish. Foley comes out as the ref. We get a brawl to start. Trish beats on Tori. Tori slaps Trish. Takes a clothesline. Suplex. Double clothesline. And then Lita takes Stacey's shirt. Tori blindsides Lita. And Stacey takes her top. Snapmare, Lita misses a top rope splash. Trish and Lita, or Trish and Tori in. They go at it. Tori stands on Trish's hair so she can take her top. Tori loses her bottoms. We get a poetry in motion. Tori takes her top off. Lita with a moonsault takes Stacey's bottoms. It's what you'd expect. It's, you know, wrestling's version of titillation. Um, for a full, you know, analytic breakdown of this, Yoli, uh, give us give us your your world opinion of this. Seven stars. <laughs> uh, no, it was just place the stars, Yoli. It was trash. Like I don't like you know me. You actually know what I'm like because like as much as I think Tori Wilson is a stunning woman, when I say that shit, I'm not being serious. It's just. This sort of stuff, even in 2001, there's not really much place for it. Do you know what I mean? They could have just had a straight-up fucking match. It would have been rotten, but this was rotten. So what was the fucking difference? Like, 
granted, you've got a lot of horny teenage boys watching, but fuck me, just... They're still going to jack it just because they're on screen. Like, you don't need to do anything else. But it's just... Uh, yeah, no, utter trash. Minus seven stars. Devil. I think us horny teenage boys deserve our rightful place <laughs> in the audience. Yeah, yeah. We pay the same amount of money as everybody else to watch this show. And damn it, we will be entertained. <laughs> the... Uh, the fact that I've just had to watch Trish and Lita against uh, Tori and Kibler and then also hear Lacey talk about it is the definition of a challenge wank. <laughs> Having to listen to your dulcet tones describing such physical beauty is <laughs> challenging at best, but um, I still managed to crack one off. <laughs> Good to know, did you? Know? I believe me and Yuli just on a double turn a la Hart Austin there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, um, we then see Heyman telling us that um, it is all up to them to take out the t- Fed team. Vince is with the with Austin, saying that he Austin needs no motivation. And we go into the inaugural brawl. We get staggered entrances, so one WCW guy, then one Fed guy. Once everyone's out, they brawl. Fed have the advantage. Rhino and Austin go at it in the ring with punches. Austin with low blows, stomps a mud hole, running knee, and Fez press. Elbows get to two. Rhino goes up top, but Austin chops him and hits a superplex, gets a two. Jericho in with chops, elbows. Rhino hits a lariat. Booker in with boots and chops but misses a sidekick. Jericho with a hip block, bulldog and gets a two. Second rope drop kick gets two. Angle in with punches. Booker with a spin kick. Devon in with a spinning back elbow. Angle with a clothesline. Kane in with a corner smash and side slam gets a two. Kane then goes to the top rope but Bubba breaks it. Kane then gets a high angle suplex from the Dudleys and a reverse D- 3D for a two. Bubba and Bert elbows. Kane hits a big boot and a top rope clothesline that gets a two. Taker in and punches Bubba. Clothesline. Taker then hits a diving leg lock drop that gets a two. And old school. DDP in with a stun gun. Bubba with a suplex. Rhino in with punches and shoulder charges. DDP with knees and punches, short arm clothesline for a two. Take it up with some body shots. DDP hits a DDT for a two. Booker in with a sidekick for a two. Take it then hits a DDT. Austin in with punches, Booker with an eye rake. Austin then goes for a stunner, but it's blocked. They then go outside. Suplex back into the ring. Jericho in with the ball to Jericho onto DDP. Elbows to Booker. Booker then with a stun gun, Devon in and punches, then they double team, double elbow drops onto Jericho. Jericho then with a spinning heel kick, angle in and takes, puts both the Dudleys into belly to bellies. Bubba bomb and then Devon with a leg drop gets a two. Rhino in with more corner attacks than a belly to belly. Bubba in with an exchange of punches and then Devon beats down Angle. 
Book with an axe kick and then hits the Spinneroonie. DDP with the spinning powerbomb gets a two. Short arm clothesline gets a two. And the Dudley's hits what's up for a two. DDP in with a sleeper slam. And a chin lock. Angle powers over to get a tag, but the ref is distracted by Bubba, so they don't see the hot, the tag. DDP with Diamond Cutter. Then everyone goes in brawling. Rhino goes, goes Booker by mistake. Taker beats on DDP with a side slam and a choke slam. And the last ride to Little Nature. Then they all go out of the ring brawling. Taker and DDP fuck off into the crowd. Austin's knee looks pretty fucked up and the EMTs are out to help him. Dudley's double team Kane and get a get to the table. Kane chokeslam Devon through the table. Then Bubba and Rhino suplex Kane through a table. Jericho dives on Rhino through a table that's laid up in the corner. Booker and Bubba double team angle left in the ring angle gets a second win and hits germans to booker an angle slam to bubba puts on the ankle lock booker in with a flapjack but vince grabs the belt tries to lob it to kurt but shane gets it and lays out vince with it instead kurt beats down shane and lobs out bubba puts on an angle lock and an angle slam Austin, stunner to Angle, shoves Booker on top of him. So Team WCW ECW get the win thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well Post-match, done. Austin shares a beer with Shane, Steph and Paulie. I'm going to let one of you two ca- take that for a minute while I catch my breath. Well done, son. You've done very well. Um, I think, Yoli, you'll probably agree, well, I hope you'll agree with me because I'm always right. Um, I think even just listening to Lacey's commentary on that kind of sums up this match for me, but I think it could have been good on paper. What it made, there's two things that this match made me think about, right? One, the obvious comparisons can Canadian Stampede, the main event, big man match, five either side, names crowd buzzing it's like that's just the instant comparison of what it could and maybe should have been it just didn't work on that level because one obviously you've not got canadians in canada you've not got the crowd that's as hot as that was as good as the crowd was the night but even just listening to lacy's commentary it just went on and on a bit for me i think they could have split it up a bit the second comparison that i've got on that note is the first Ironman match with Brett and Sean. I know it was a, a good match. I know it was lauded. I know Meltzer loved it. But it just dragged on a wee bit for me. And it was similar listening to Lacey there as it was with Bobby Bamber talking about that at Mania 12. It yeah. needed some more shit in it, to be quite honest. And the easiest way to do that in the Ironman match was getting some falls. Instead of it being nothing each to extra time, it should have been one, two, two, three, four, three, whatever. This just make it an elimination. I know you're trying to build people up, but it's not as if you've got ten fucking stellar names in there. Devon Dudley can take a pin. Know what I mean? Kane can take a pin. It's not going to kill them. You've got different ways to get out of it, a la 
elimination matches that you see at Survivor Series where it's maybe like a double count out or there's a DQ on somebody, you can protect them. But for me, as as much as I've really liked this show, and it wasn't a bad match, don't take it as I'm saying that this was shite or this was rubbish. It just needed a bit of help. I don't know how involved Pat Patterson is these days. I think that's somebody that could have put a bit of bells and whistles on this to make it seem better. I don't know about you, Yoli, but that's my kind of thoughts on it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I mean, I've said this to Chris on the podcast before. The moment there's a big multi-man brawl and they're going everywhere and anywhere and the camera's cutting, 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 so I don't know what I should be concentrating on and neither does the audience, neither do the commentators, then it or, it just loses me almost immediately because I'm like, well, what's going to happen? Like, I know it's all to clear the ring, so then something screwy happens normally, but I'm just automatically turned off by that sort of stuff. Chris, you must have been pulling yourself raw, having RVD and Limp Biscuit on the same show, mate. It's like <laughs> a new metal bitch dream, isn't it? But, um, yeah, so it's... Uh, um, I, yeah, again, I think elimination would have been the way to go because it would have made it a lot cleaner and a lot less screwy. You could have had, you could have even had the alliance guys go like three two up, or keep all five and go down to two. One of them Stone Cold, one of them's Kurt Angle, and then you do the, the screw job. Do you know what I mean? That would have made more sense. And like Kurt then beats two of their guys only for fucking. Stone Cold screw him out when it looks like Kurt was going to fucking do the impossible. Do you know what I mean? That would that would have been a better match structure than what we got, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Dell. to be honest. Yeah, it's it's one of those of... So, obviously, in sort of a way, they did eliminate each other, but it was sort of, it took so long to get to that point where they were yeah. putting them through the tables and then, obviously, a taker and DDP fucking off mm. through the crowd to get down to the two-on-one beatdown on, yeah. on just do an elimination match if that's the case yeah um so, make it simpler for the audience to follow by saying this is an elimination rules match yeah but wrestling fans were idiots don't tell us show us yeah but the, at this point obviously and we'll go over it a bit more once we do the tvs and stuff but my initial thought coming out of this was why have we had Austin do his second heel turn in three months? And I'm not sure we even really get a proper answer out of it at the end. Is it a second one or was it all just a ruse and he was still just a dick? Well, because obviously he... Because bear in mind he's a paranoid dick, which is why he went against The Rock and partnered up with Vince but he was still paranoid enough to then think Vince was being a dickhead. Is it not all the same heel turn? It's just played out over months. It's long-term booking, Chris, you short-minded fuck. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's just one of those of like, I know that obviously he's got a history with both companies. Um, obviously they could have done Jericho, but I think the, the Jericho thing, there was that whole... I think more covered in June than in July of them thinking that Jericho was going to jump to to WCW. Obviously, Benoit being out injured, he could have worked if he wasn't injured. Um, you know, we could have had terrorizing um, going back yeah. to his, his roots. Where's Malenko? 
Like you could, he could have been part of this. Like whereas they're so synonymous with WCW, but yeah. like, it's clear that they've got no, they've got no faith in Malenko. They're using Saturn to a degree because Ridley's over for being punished for beating that jobber up. Um, but weirdly, the punishment was to make him super over. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. It's fucking, honestly, the wrestling fans make the weirdest shit work, don't they? When yep. they get wrong something. But it's just like, you could have used Malenko. He could have been one, because he's so synonymous with WCW. Again, he could have been in that Cruiserweight mix. He's different because yeah. he's not a flyer, but he could have been in there. I mean, Guerrero's injured, isn't he? Yeah, Guerrero's out injured. Guerrero's out. Yeah. So, but especially when you think only a year ago or year and a half ago when they turned up, yeah, it was these guys aren't meant to be here. These are from WCW. Well, it was two thousand. Was it two thousand or ninety-nine? Two thousand. Yeah, so it's Um, not even a year. Yeah, there's that thing of it. It sort of if it's a throwback and it's not that far out of the remit to sort of throw back to it yeah it, it's you just could have like, done it that they were basically sleeper agents sent in early yeah. doors do you know what i mean to sort of almost like they did with the nwo yeah but it's, it's just one of those of i just think that they've clearly got no trust in the wcw guys that they feel they need a big name on that side of the of the card yeah i just i just think that the way it's been handled with the paranoid stone cold thing yeah i just don't think that's that's the right way of doing it yeah i don't know if it's a lack of faith or a lack of faith in any of them that could actually be in a leadership role within that lack of wrestle that's what it's a lack of yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but so Del overall thoughts on Invasion as a show as a whole overall thoughts as a whole honestly really liked it um, as much as there was some utter dreck on this there was some good points in it there's Van Damme Hardy was really good Tajiri Taz Raven Regal say what you like I like the ref match there's a couple of decent tags and at the main event I did drag on a wee bit but it kind of felt as much as it was awkwardly weighted well five minute match get five minute match get five minute match get half an hour it kind of worked for me um I think it's going to depend a lot in the next six months because where this has been they've kind of managed to try well they've kind of attempted to squeeze in about six months shit into six weeks and it didn't really work and even the shit that they did try to squeeze in they kind of shot the bed a bit on it or they just panicked a bit and unbooked it and then double booked it the stuff we kind of you two about the austin is it a second heel turn is it the is it a pretty i'll i'll try and side with yolly and say it's long-term booting i have my doubts but overall for me it worked but there's a massive asterisk on that and how do we get to mania next year if this <laughs> i almost dread to say it if this is a payoff then we're in fucking trouble but 
I'm going to say this is more of a starting pistol, especially with the finish. And I think, or I at least hope, that going forward, the next kind of six, nine months, the main 18 will justify this as a starting point. But overall, I like that I'm still going to get a seven. Yo? Yeah, I think seven's a fair score. 30% of it was not brilliant, but the other 70% was. So, yeah, perfect score, really, um, in that respect. Uh, Going forward, yeah, it's difficult to see where they go from now. I mean, booking this invasion angle, the whole WCW, ECW, WWF thing, it's, it's a poison chalice anyway. Like, you never, whatever you do, there's too many variables and too many fans will want it differently. Like, there's yeah. no, you're going to have the WCW fans, all five of them that were probably fucking left at the end. They're going to want a certain thing. They're going to want their guys to look good. They're going to want the stings. They're going to want the DD, DDPs there. They're going to want Ric Flair there. They're going to want Scott Steiner there. They're going to want Kevin Nash there. They're going to want Scott Hall there. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, so, I mean, you can't, there's no one that could book this and make it brilliant. There's, there's not, yeah. It's just not feasible. It's just impossible. It's an impossible thing to book is a Fed versus Fed card. Do you know what I mean? It's never going to work. Yes. It's dream match shit and it should stay that. It should stay. It should stay to the spotty internet fans like you, Chris, who just go on message boards about it. But like, just keep it, keep it to those, keep it to those E-Feds. Don't fuck it. Don't do it in real life because it is, an impossible task that ultimately will always fucking fail. I think it's one of those of on paper it makes sense and as you say it should, it, it's never going to please everyone. Yeah. But I, th- I think there are ways that you can do bits of it that work. Like I think with if you look at how at the minute the our ECW guys are being treated, they are they're being treated better and with a higher light than the WCW guys. So obviously anyone that was watching ECW is going to be happy that the Dudleys are back to being assholes. You've got RVD being RVD. You got Lance Storm fucking having storming matches. Yeah. Taz bit Taz back in the ring actually having proper wrestling matches, not like the majority of his fucking Fed run has been. So for for an ECW fan, mm. I look at it and I can see good bits in there because the ECW guys are getting spotlights. Yeah. I think when ECW shut down, there was still some goodwill around the company though, and I yeah. don't think you can necessarily say that with, with WCW. Well, he was no. heightened by the new owner, obviously. <laughs> but yeah no, I, I would give this a seven and a half to an eight because when it's good it's really fucking good um, you know the Brown panties match the six man the ref stuff is all really short so it doesn't it doesn't last long enough for it to really taint anything the inaugural brawl yes it it could have been better if it was a, an elimination 
Um, it would have made more sense booking-wise, with especially how they ended it. But for a quote-unquote technically a B-show pay-per-view, it's not one of the big four, you'll do hard to get a better pay-per-view. And as I said, it, the buy rate, people wanted to see this. And I think if I see it was on uh, Channel 4, so we didn't have to pay for it, if it had been on Sky Sports and we had to put, put 20 quid down, I wouldn't have fucking begrudged it. I would have. Yeah, but that's you for everything. I'd have just got my mate at work to give it to me on VHS two days later so I could watch it in my own time. Because <laughs> he so, bought more because he was a fucking nerd. So I was just like, yeah, I'll just probably, I'll just, I'll just take, I'll just probably the tape when you're done, pal. Thanks. <laughs> so we will go into the Raw of Night After Invasion, which opens with Austin out with Steph, Shane and Paulie. Steph says that the Fed uh, is about to start to die. Paulie tells, we told you so. And Shane says that ECWWW will be the brand of the future. Austin says the reason that he did what he did was all for appreciation. Vince didn't appreciate him and wanted to replace him with Kurt. He knows that Vince was on the phone calling The Rock. He wants to know what's wrong with Stone Cold. Austin comes, uh, Angle comes out, and uh, Austin gets shit on by Angle. They then go into a brawl, and Austin runs away. We then get a hardcore title match between RVD and Matt Hardy. RVD winning with a five-star frog splash, whilst Matt is in the middle of a ladder. This is a really decent TV match. We then get an icy title match between Lance Storm and Albert. Lance getting the win with a super kick. Post-match, the WWF guys run to the into the ring. There's a mass brawl, and Bradshaw powerbombs O'Hare and Kane chokeslams Hugh Morris. We see Taker beating Rhino, but DDP comes out after the match and pulls Sarah in front of a chair shot. Vince comes out, congratulates ECW and WCW, and say they may have won the battle, but the Fed will win the war. He reinstates The Rock and challenges The Rock to still bring it. Angle catches Vince backstage and says that he doesn't need The Rock, he has Angle. And in the main event of the show, we see a six-man tables match between the Dudleys and Booker T and Team Eck, Edge, Christian and Kurt Angle. Dudley's 3D Christian to put him out. Booker slams Edge for a table to put him out. Angle's going three on one. He attempts to put Devon and Booker through tables, but first time on both of them, the table doesn't break. Does manage to get both of them out, though. Austin jumps Angle during the match. Bubba hits a powerbomb through the table, and Fed guys come out as Austin legs it through the crowd as we go off the air. So we've just had the invasion. We uh, waited with bated breath to find out why. Austin did what he did, and we get because he wasn't appreciated. Yali, does this not seem like a fucking wet balloon? Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole, oh, I don't feel appreciated. It's been done so many fucking times in such a lazy fucking way of explaining something. 
you didn't appreciate me. The fans don't like me. Didn't appreciate. It's like, oh, fuck off. It's it's just one of those of like, as you said, if it had come out and did the whole paranoid thing, sort of saying, Paulie says that he loves me. Paulie says that he, he he's gonna, gonna yeah. make sure I win or make sure that I can have all these things. That'd be one thing because obviously we all know Paulie and his Kool Aid that you know he can get people to drink from. But that I don't feel appreciated. You hugged Kurt. You're phoning the Rock. It just doesn't hold up enough, really, to for what he's done. Del, aye, it's it's hard to it's hard to disagree with. Um, to think only twenty four hours ago I came out with such hope and promise. Like, <laughs> um, it's good. Rock's coming back. Hopefully, um, is it a bit late? Possibly because what's happening the the Austin stuff story wise is just as much as me and Yoli will never ever agree on Vicious Vincent. At least when he done it with Rocky in '98, you can go back. How many films have we seen? Whether it's like Usual Suspects or like Fight Club or these these films that you get with turns at the end you can go back and watch the film and it makes sense and you see the wee breadcrumbs that were dropped and you can look back on it and think well that was actually quite clever and it lasts are you going to be able to do that with watching last night's pay-per-view with Austin? No are you going to be able to do it with the TVs? No because it's just it's like on the fly button and it didn't really it didn't really work and it doesn't seem as if maybe I'm wrong. I mean maybe we're going to get into SummerSlam and it's going to be a totally different thing next month. But it just doesn't seem as if it's got a lot of thinking behind it, which is certainly an accusation you can level at wrestling a lot of the time. But um but aye, it's a bit it's almost like the, the WCW stuff when they were leading into the ultimate surprise and you got the renegade, it's like, ah oh, fuck you, we got your money. Yeah, it's done there. I mean, that is, uh, I, I do want to just shed some light on uh, the awesomeness of the Matt Hardy RVD match. Yes, that for a five minute TV match, go out your way and watch it. It was fucking awesome. Um, so we go into the SmackDown following. Um, the Alliance all come out saying that they have all titles now, so all the champions come out. We get the US title given to Canyon because Booker has both the US and the world title. Angle comes out and says that none of them have a gold medal. Calls out Austin for a title match, but he says no, but he can fight Booker instead. Shane then comes out to tell us all about the history of Vince screwing the rock. And in the main event, we get Angle versus Booker for the WCW title. Angle wins the match post match the WCW ECW guys come out the Fed guys come out with a mass brawl Angle again has uh, issues with Stone Cold trying to hit him with the stunner but Angle wins via an ankle lock this was a really really good match um, I was slightly surprised seeing the fact we were in Pittsburgh 
which usually means the home town hero loses or at least gets fucked over. Del, what do you think? Uh, it was better. Um, as you say, I was really surprised with the angle Booker um, finished. I was still a bit kind of smoke and mirrors, but the fact that it ended the way that it did was a pleasant surprise. I just, again, I just worry about long term. Are we just going to get more cuts? Says I've got gold medals and you don't. Austin's going to say I'm appreciated here and you don't appreciate me. Are we just going to get this back and forward with A2? The the chain stuff with Rocky was was pretty interesting. How they because it's kind of like the one trump card that they've got where they've got a name that's not been seen that is coming, and we've got a bit of jeopardy, which is something that we don't have with anybody for Atlanta. We're a notable name. It's something that we don't have with anybody for for New York that's got a notable name because we've seen it in the last couple of months. So that is something that gives a bit of intrigue. Um, I'm still going to be optimistic, as is my calling card, but it's a bit more work than it should be. Yelly? Same. Nothing <laughs> else to add, really. Like, I think you just kind of got to keep, yeah, keep hoping that this sort of somehow turns around and becomes something better than it, or, than it is. Yeah. Um, well, that's feasible, I just don't know. People are yelly, you've just got to keep your pecker up. Absolutely. So more Tory Wilson on the screen will certainly help with that. <laughs> so we go into the final Raw of the month. Um, not a great deal happens on the show. Uh, we do have an awesome RVD versus Tajiri match. RVD winning with a five-star. Go and watch it. Uh, Kurt versus Booker. Booker gets the title back due to dodgy refereeing and Austin hitting a stunner. X-Pac versus Kidman and a title versus title match. X-Pac wins with a Super X-Factor. But the main thing for this whole show is Vince, Shane and Stephanie waiting for Rock to appear, both running outside every time a limo turns up. We finally do get the great one at the arena. <laughs> Vince, Shane and Steph all in the ring. Shane tells Rock how many times Vince has screwed him. Vince says he should know not to trust Austin and says that he will never screw the Rock again. The Rock hits the Rock bottom onto him. One to Shane. People's elbow to Shane. And the Rock breaks his silence saying that he's finally come back to the WWF. And you may never trust me again. And I'm all right with that, Rock. But at least, Rock, trust yourself. And, Rock, trust each and every one of these people. Wrestling Federation. No, 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 Rock. Hear me out. 
Stephanie has said that the WWF is dying. It's dying, Rock. The Alliance is where the cool factor is. The Alliance is a progressive company, and Rock, obviously, you are a progressive man. Rock, you're a superstar that transcends it all. The biggest icon in the business. The biggest free agent in sports entertainment history. So, Rock, I extend my hand. And your future is here. Make your decision here. Your future is with the Alliance. I feel it, JR. The Rock will listen to reason. The Rock will join the Alliance. Hey, oh. Don't listen to him, Rock. Come on now. Make the right decision, okay? Listen to the voice of reason. Listen to the voice of experience. Give the people what they want. how we go out of this month Yully that last roar yeah looking forward to the rocks back and seeing how he's going to fit into all of this um, obviously they teased it with him giving the rock bottom to Vince first but then hitting Shane but the thing is that was so fucking obvious that that was going to happen um, but we shall see how this goes um, missed quite a bit of this roar because unfortunately I was busy Fucking fair, um, think, yeah, no, I was just thinking about Tory Wilson. Um, but um, 
yeah, it's, uh, it's been a really solid month, TV-wise, because obviously it's been a build, build up to something that people have dreamt about for a long time. And the two TVs afterwards, like, as much as the Stone Cold thing was a bit of a disappointment, like, you couldn't wait to figure out, see what he was going to say. Yeah. Um, but like, it's, it's just been there's been solid matches and because you've got all these new guys that are suddenly there you've got a load of fresh matches as well which is always nice to see like you're not seeing the same oh shite do you know what I mean you're not seeing countless versions of Edge and Christian versus either the Hardys or the Dudleys and different types of matches on each Raw and, like, and let me got, know how much yeah. you hate seeing the same old shit well I mean it's so many times yeah, there's only so many times I can watch fucking little Guido versus Tajiri, and I fucking love Tajiri, but like you don't need to do it on every pay per view in the fucking year. <laughs> Del, what were your thoughts on this uh, final roll? I don't know about you, Yoli, but I think Lacey quite likes Rob Van Dam. I don't know if you've got a sneaking suspicion that he. Would I mean, the probably... is like he's just. So in the wee seats for us just to have a wee look at. Um, no, I think it's as you always said. I, I can really agree more with him. It's been a solid month. Um, we've had a build up, as he said, to the the pay per view. The pay per view for me delivered. Um, the Austin stuff again. I've got my doubts about that. The same as Jolly, but um, but I going forward. Rocky's back. The matches are going to be different. We are going to see different people, which is always a good thing. Sometimes it will hit, sometimes it will miss. Just look at Marcus Alexander Bagwell. But um, but no, I'm I'm very much pecker up. Um, <laughs> and um, no, I think it's going to be good. Um, whether it's just going to go into Mayor Austin Angle stuff or how does Rock fit into that. Ideally, I we would have Helmsley and Benoit and Guerrero and whoever else is missing these days but luckily shouldn't really say luckily i suppose considering the circumstances but we have got probably the most in-depth roster we've ever had dare i say ever will see so it's um aye exciting times i'd say still going to be positive so there's a couple of random bits that just sort of thought over the month as a whole um one of the things is that what just bugs me for continuity reasons, why the Alliance used WWF mics? Why don't they have their own? They did. Only for the first Raw. Was it only the first Raw? Because I remember remember Shane having a WCW mic. That was for the first Raw. Then after that, every time they had WWF mics and they would always hold it with the Fed logo facing forward, which is obviously how they're told to, to do it. It's just, Small continuity issue. Just back to me. Oh, I see that shit. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's bigger problems in the fucking world going on. <laughs> that's, right now, mate. that's where it's all going wrong. <laughs> yeah, like this is the start of the end times. Oh, mate, I can't believe they used a fed fucking mic. Old man shouts at Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> and the only other thing was uh, going into the pay per view, why didn't they just do? WCW versus ECW guys, so you didn't have all the, the pissing away of the inaugural fights. But as I said, we've sort of you know looked into that one already. So it is with my great pleasure to thank both of you for coming on and going through a WWF show. 
um, which is the first yeah, thing. We're never going to be allowed to do this again, are we? <laughs> oh, I'm back in October. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yully, as always, it is a pleasure. Do you have anything that you want to pimp, share, thoughts uh, of the world? No, I do have a story to tell. I don't know if I ever told you this, Chris. Um, you know Dan Reed, the promote, wrestling promoter, does um, Pro Wrestling Eve, XWA, and all that sort of stuff, yeah? Yes. Did I tell you that when I was on a stag do, um, and we went to Preston, we, we'd done three days. We'd done Preston, Blackpool, and then on to Glasgow. So we'd done uh, Preston City Wrestling. Then we just went to Blackpool for the day because we wanted to do roller coasters and eat chips. And then we went up to Glasgow to do ICW. Vader, was it Pro Wrestling the Preston City Wrestling, I think it's called. And um, my stag do prank on Dan was getting Vader's dirty, sweaty towel and I ran it, rang it out into Dan's cocktail and he drank the entire thing. Oh! I just want to admit that to the public that I'd done that. Thank you. <laughs> that is fucking grim. <laughs> I've seen Vader's dick, bear in mind. There's a story for you, Del. I'll tell that another time. Uh, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you'll be glad to know I don't have a story to match that up. On. <laughs> but, um, oh, I, I don't think I've said cunt yet on this list, so I'm just making sure I get that in contractually for my sponsor. I'll put a cunt in there just in case. I just want to poke a cunt in. Yeah. yeah. Thanks very much. Del, have you got anything that you want to share? Plug, call a cunt. Um, I don't have a story, but I do have a question. Um, see dairy milk, right? You get the plain one, which is just chocolate, right? And you get fruit and nut because it's got fruit and nut, and that's why they call it fruit and nut. See for the folk that like the nuts and the chocolate, but they don't like the fruit, they get a whole nut, but I quite like the fruit, but because I like chocolate raisins. How come there isn't an all fruit dairy milk? You just get a Yorkie instead. Well, biscuit and raisin. Biscuit, yeah, biscuits. Oh, I, maybe I don't like biscuits. Yeah, maybe you just want raisins and chocolate. That makes sense. They should be like. Well, you get chocolate peanuts. You get chocolate raisins. Why do you <laughs> not get an all fruit dairy milk? You should go. You should speak to the Cadbury girls. I've you? spoke to them. They've blocked me. <laughs> I just thought I'd leave that. Just get Rory to go sit outside Bourville or something. Fuck them, I'm going to Nestle. (laughs) (laughs) So it has been wonderful having both of you on here. Um, Who knows what October brings when I'm back hosting. Um, Next month is SummerSlam. Um, obviously, you'll have the Indies 20 years ago shows as well. Um, but for me, for Dell, and for Yali. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever wanted, and I'll never give that back. Sorry, Chris, carry on. This is my phone ringing. Sorry, everyone. Are you allowed to say Uncle Cracker these days, or is that no racist? I don't know. 
Imagine for me. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye. <laughs>